Hey, listener. <laughs> I hate you. Welcome to episode one fucking hundred. Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. Fucking hundred. One fucking hundo. You can stop that now. I can do a hundred claps. Please don't do a hundred claps. What if I say five, ten, ten? Skip Pop a few. Ten. Skip a few. Ninety-nine. Anyway, it's episode one hundred, which just happily, happily coincides mm. with our end of year big old sexy mulled wine fueled review of shite. So, uh, welcome everybody to the parlour. To me left, it's Rich. He's here every year. Say hello. Hello. This is weird. I'm only to your right. That is true. Yeah, that is a true fact. We don't even do that on Mix purpose, do we? When we rec- anyway, and that other voice you can hear, it's Phil. I'm not reviewing shite. That's a bit weird. Um, okay. Your top five shits Hadaway of the year. Hadaway in the shite. There's definitely websites for that. Well, There's it's definitely shite. Hadaway in this, yeah. Baby, don't hurt. No, he's other one. What was it? Um, oh, like Rock My Heart or something. Rock My Heart. Baby, Baby don't, don't hurt, hurt me. me. <laughs> don't hurt me. Hurt me. No more. Anyway, so the rules of this are the same as every By the way, this episode is brought to you by Beer Hawk <laughs> and their Beer Advent Calendar 2019. Yep. 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 Which thus far... Clink. Which thus far has a, a, a pretty huge lack of beers Stace likes, but oh well. Oh, Better for me, because I've got loads of beers, at least probably 18, I reckon, for half the price. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit shit. Anyway, rules. So this is being recorded on Friday the 13th of December, <gasps> Festive Friday. Jason's here! Which means there are things that haven't come out yet, obviously, so, you know, don't judge us. We yet. haven't done a Star Wars. We haven't done I, the I Star Wars I can't remember yet. the Jason thing. Like, ch- 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 that was it. Why? It's Friday the thirteenth. Oh, okay. Where? Why do you think I just said Jason's here? Because I'm leaving. Because <laughs> now, hear me out. Because I thought you were doing a bit. Because there's no way you wouldn't know chi 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 ha ha ha. Because we've watched a fucking thousand. No, 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 no. Before that, I said Jason's here. After you said it's Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, I got that bit. Lies. I, I got that bit. I don't know what's going on? But I thought you were doing a bit when you couldn't remember the bit anyway. Anyway, the rules. So yeah, we haven't done a Star Fuck Wars yet rules. and other things. And also, we've tried to be better this year about picking different stuff. So even though we're saying these are our top fives, there has been a little collusion in. Well, reveal the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. <laughs> How the sausage gets made. It's fancy football draft. Inside baseball. Yeah. And I think that's it really, isn't there it? There are stuff that overlaps there. There is, because we were terrible at watching some things. Anyway, also, we usually have a segment about comics. We occasionally do. But this year, uh, both me and Rich have read zero comics that came out this year that we like, and we didn't want to just talk about the same stuff. That started this year. Yeah. We've definitely oh, read yeah, comics that came new out. Yeah, that's one of my rules, you see. That's where I was going with the rules, Else, but you kept distracting me, and I kept Everything forgetting. will be Rick and Morty. Well, no, it's just Ooh. like, especially with comics, it'd be like, oh, hello, for like the zillionth year running, these comics are my favourite five. Yeah, well, the best show of the year would be like, Always under. I don't know. I didn't think this series was as this good as previous ones, but anyway, it's still better than most things. True. It, well, yeah, it probably would still. Matter. Still definitely is. But anyway. But anyway. But anyway. Rules. So the things have to have come out in this year and of our Lord twenty nineteen. People who think that we're insane, Parasite is not out over here yet. And also, yeah, going by UK release dates. Which means none of us have watched The Mandalorian and that won't be in there. <laughs> I'm more concerned about Parasite because I already know I'm going to love it. Yep. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. So. Oh. So, Remember uh, I talked about that guy who said he didn't want to make a Marvel film because he doesn't like people wearing tight clothes? 
Yes. That's his new film. Oh, splendid. And it's on nearly every Is everybody in like a moo-moo? <laughs> I think they've dressed normally. <laughs> I would love it if everyone was in moo-moos. Anyway, shall we, uh, shall we make a fucking start? Go on then, what are you doing? Right. Which topic do you want to do? It's your show, it's your, it's your the rules. Well, I think we should do music first because that's what the one we the always rules? talk the least about. What are the rules? I'm not drunk yet, I promise. What, what do you want to start with? <laughs> music, I just said that. Music. Fucking hell. Makes the people, people come together. Have a shit. Yeah. yeah. I love Madonna scooping around. I'm going to throw it to Rich to start with his oh, number Oh, fuck, I'm not even slightly prepared. <laughs> I'm gonna, you know I wasn't I'm going to throw it to Phil for his I'm number five. I'm going to throw five. it back to you. No, fuck off. I'm being wow. a kindly host. Why telling me to fuck off? Yeah. No, oh, by yeah. giving you the opportunity okay. to Fucking say goon. the words first. Okay. Stop calling me a goon. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, my number five then. Phil's number five. <laughs> my number five is Psychodrama by Dave. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Every year, Phil says a thing and I go off. Oh, I've, heard yes. I've heard of Dave. Yes. I always laugh going to some bloke called Dave. Dave. Well, it works, you know. <laughs> Surprised no one's taken that name before. Is it genuinely just a dude called Dave? Or is it like an ironic thing I where it's like a band? I'm sure he's got a surname, but... It no, did. I meant like, yeah, what if his name was just like, I don't know, Bill Twidlington and oh, he went by Dave for a laugh? <laughs> His name's Dave. So it's the album's called Psychodrama by Dave. Excellent. Um, does he spell Dave D A V E? No. Yes. Yes, he does. Damn it. <laughs> he spells it correctly. I wanted a D for D for So it's a uh, UK hip hop artist from South London. South. The worst South. part of London. South. Oh, your Ronson. Um, <laughs> What's your Ronson? <laughs> I mean, I can assume from the context of the... Right, so anyway, um, <laughs> and it's it's kind of a concept album in three parts. Um, the first third is about environment, the second part is about relationships, and the third part is about social compass. Um, and there are, within the album, which is implied in the title, there are recreated excerpts from his therapy sessions oh. with his therapist. <laughs> what? As not quite skits, but like the intros to certain tracks. Mm-hmm. It won the Mercury Prize for this year, for 2019. But Phil thinks it only deserves number five. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't do that. To, to be fair. <laughs> don't do that, Stace. I think claim doesn't mean shit. <laughs> Great claim doesn't, but it's just something that so people can find it online. Mm-hmm. There's one track um, in it about how it covers sort of the usual sort of things for UK rappers. So there's no kind of American violence, kill each other, shoot you in the head, fuck your mother kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Um, it follows the stuff about obviously... The current government and Woo. living on the streets and depression and violence and race and identity. Um, there's also a track in there about his brother who's uh, serving a life sentence in prison for murder. Good um, and how obviously how he idolised his brother growing up and then his brother did this and it's like completely disassociate himself. And then he had to be the man of the house looking after his mother because his dad wasn't there. And then there's an, uh, the album finishes with an 11-minute track about a girl called Leslie who's in an abusive relationship. Um, so it's quite dark, but it's quite a, a fair picture. Merry of, Christmas, everyone. <laughs> that's why it's number five. Um, it's quite a, a fair picture of, I'd say, the current climate, certainly for people of colour in mm. England. I think a lot of British, English hip-hop has been that way for the past few years anyway, but yeah, definitely getting more. But, I mean, you, know, you, you, you see, uh, it's not quite as... Jump up is like sort of Stormzy and that kind of yeah. thing, but it's a very there's a there's a very lyrical poetry to his to his words, and it's very raw and open. Nice. So it may not be for some, but for me, it's my number five. Dave, Dave, Rich. 
Oh, shit. You Prepare yourself, you slave. I am. I'm, I've not written anything down because I'm trying to save the environment. So I'm, I'm unlocking my phone. My number five is Feel Your Feelings, Fool, by The Regrets. <laughs> it's a good title It for is a good album. title. Um, American, technically a punk band, but they sound very much like 1960s girl groups mm. or late 50s. Um, yeah, quite poppy. They're very young as well, which is... Distressing when depressing. you see how talented they <laughs> yeah. are. Yeah. I think they've been going around there for like four or five years and the lead singer's the eldest and she's just turned 19. Um, <laughs> Don't know, I feel like yeah, It's an album about telling you to feel your feelings, Phil, and about falling in love and if you're sad about things and you can be sad about happy things, it's fine. It's very bouncy and... I like it too. Yeah. I think it's very power poppy at points as well, like mm. um, other bands on this list and... Um, yeah, not a lot to say about it because it is mostly songs all about cheer up or be <laughs> sad if you feel like it. Yeah. Just, just go along with it. But yeah, I, like I, I feel like I'm nearly 40 and people that 20 years younger than me are making loads of albums. Yeah, it's rude. And I'm it? sat in the kitchen. Thanks. Yes, sat in the kitchen <laughs> making a fucking rad podcast. How right. dare you? We'll wait for another hour just to see. Rich hates the word rad. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot. Do you prefer Toby Chugar? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Bodacious. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Look at those bodacious babes. My number five is an album called We're a Dream Nobody Wrote Down by Ludovic Alari. <laughs> I still don't think that's a name. It is. It is. He's from Montreal, speaks a lot of the French, which is why I don't the know. French. A lot of the French, which is why I don't know what this album's really about because I think a good half of the songs are in French. Um, but you still enjoy them. But I like them a lot. Uh, it's it's kind of like what I would describe did they, did they go as no. Um, I would describe it as like wishy washy chill out pop. But wishy washy is a positive thing. Yeah. Okay. Like you could put it on and you'll be like, oh, this is nice, and you feel nice. a bit calmer, and you just you just enjoy it. You just let the, you know you're soaking it like a bath. It's like a cozy, calm time. I like it. Good times? Yeah. And he's called, what, Ludovic Ludovic Alari. 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 How do you spell Alari. that? I-L-I-R-I-E. Sounds a bit right. Mm. Yeah, mm. it's good. I like it. When I put it on, I was a bit sort of like, oh, this is a bit boring. And then after about like half a song, I was like, oh, no, I, quite, I need this, I think, just to like chill out a bit and... Is, have a nice relaxing Is it similar time. to anyone that I know or slash like? Uh, so, uh, who did that song that goes like, Waiting like, Waiting More Sheba. Less Sheba. It's kind of like that level of like chilling out. Six underground, sneak a pinch. Just shut up. The worst part about this is I started, I started singing this and I don't know who sings it, so I wouldn't have known to be able to no, say yeah if you'd have guessed it um be. but it's like that sort of like chill out kind of like Jose Gonzalez. vibes yeah. i don't know what's happening <laughs> it's, like it's, it's, it's good it's nice it's good it's good i like it rich is looking something up let's see who spotify thinks is like connected oh there you go so you gotta fill the gap there um what about some french what's his name ludovic yeah Oh, I'd like the look of him. <laughs> well, I wouldn't let kid near him. <laughs> you can't say that. Oh, I've heard a none of these artists. Oh, okay. Fair it's probably not helpful then, anyway. But let's move on to Phil's number four. My number four is, and now for the watchmaker, call it by psychedelic <laughs> porn crumpets. 
Okay, I love both of those names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I get a porn crumpy. This sounds like something. Do you know when we did the episode with uh, Adrian a couple of Christmases ago and he started making, making bands because he yeah. hadn't listened to anything? No, they, they're a real band. They're an Australian psych rock band. Um, they're for, obviously there are connection comparisons with like Tame Impala or King Gizzard, um, but I'm sure that's to do with the nationality and the style of music. Me. It's just it's psychedelic rock, really. You know, there's elements of I say like there's almost a Beatles quality to some of them. Uh, Last of the Shadow Puppets, the Coral. It's kind of oh, a, okay. a big okay. mix of that. That full in. I can't say there's. It's not quite a meaning to anything or. It, had feelings or blinky plonky <laughs> wishy washy frenchy nicey but it's just like can't have a bath with this no. <laughs> yeah but yeah it's like a little rock you know what you're getting a lot of similar tracks um i think favorite one of the album is uh him for a droid but i'm sure if we're doing a playlist this year that's oh yeah there will be a spotify playlist in the uh, yeah. show notes but yeah lots of kind of guitar riffs and things that i can't really describe nice richard I don't want to have to say your name every time. No. Just get the cues. Oh, if I don't hear my name, I can't work. I'm like an android. Um, yeah, my number four is Patience by Mannequin Pussy. I like this too. It's an odd name because it it's like a band I wouldn't want to wear a T-shirt of out and about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're a, they're a punk rock band more so than The Regrets from Philadelphia. Um, kind of similar where every song is very much about feelings, but quite negative ones this time oh. around. Um, main single off this, Drunk 2, is pretending pretending you're happy and going out and acting like you're happy, but really you fucking hate everyone, including your friends, but your friends go to you, oh, you're doing well lately, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm fucking not, am I? Wow, um, right to that. <laughs> Relatable. Um, yeah, so a lot of that kind of... Quite. And then some of the songs are more chilled out a little bit vocally, and then some are just like full-on screamo, which I fucking love. Screamo? yeah. Not emo music necessarily, but like the vocals are screaming, but it's not like death metal screaming. Okay. Um, and quite short album. I mean, I think it's like 10 tracks, it's about 38 minutes, which is always welcome in yeah. this day and age of. I like that. A lot of pop band decide, you know what, 18 tracks at six minute songs is great. <laughs> Can't listen to it on the way to work. Probably not going to listen to when it. When I had to pay for a CD for it, I'm like, yeah, I want my yeah. fucking money's worth <laughs> yeah. now. I want something that lasts now I want to train. eight albums on the way to work. I want a train journey, that's it. But yeah, another um, female vocalist band for me this year. And same as last year and I think the year before. Because men don't say a lot of interesting things anymore. I mean, commentary. Yeah. I was going to say. Unless they're French. I don't Unless they're French. We don't know what he's saying. I know. He could be saying nothing useful. He could be singing about watching kids through their um, there was a school s- playground. <laughs> There's a song I really like by Superbus called Samus. And I thought, what a lovely song. And then I looked at the lyrics uh, of what they are actually in English. And it's just about having a bubble bath and getting soap in your mouth. Oh, wow. That's terrible. It's <laughs> <laughs> relatable. <laughs> if you key round. Oh, if you've got. Boff Bam. Got Ian Botham's dick pics from Twitter. Ah. Ah. a bath wank. Which is what he's doing while listening to this. Who was he who went nuts and cracked his egg with uh, cracked an them. egg with a dick on Twitter? Oh, I don't know, but Cantonar shared the video. Cantonar shared it. it was I knew supposed it was to be the night. Related. It was the, it was the day Endgame came out because we <laughs> lost to Man City. Because he'd put it like we were gonna beat Guardiola oh, and we didn't. God. But then we stayed up till three watching Endgame. We did. Good time. Stays. Stays. <laughs> I was waiting. Uh, my number four no, is... <laughs> you can't speak French. And de trois, It's a yeah. great joke. <laughs> oh, shut up. Uh, <laughs> number four that. 
is nah. Slight Disconnects by Biss. Yes. Yes. Where are Biss from today? The UK. Come on. <laughs> I don't the know. The they UK. are definitely Scottish. Are they? Okay. Well, I knew they were from, you know, right. somewhere around. Um, Not in the UK much longer. Pop, punky, indie pop, punk, energetic, punchy, good times. Indie pop would, yeah. have, would have sufficed. I think I did a really fucking good explanation there, actually. Describe I'll it. have you Describe know. They're still it. singing about candy pop. No. Uh, no, that is a very good song. I've always maintained that if I was ever a wrestler, that would be my entrance music, candy pop. But yeah, this, it's a very sort of like if you've heard of Biss before, you won't be really surprised by anything on here, but it's still fucking rad. No, it's a really good album. Really I've not heard the album. I've heard a few songs, I think. It's I good. do like Biss. I, do, I like Biss. I like Biss when I'm feeling like, a bit punchy. If they were at a festival and all day, I'd be like, yeah, I'll go and watch yeah. them. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't sure they were still going until this album suddenly dropped from nowhere. Dropped. Yeah, it just appeared. appeared from nowhere. Poof. Yeah, poofed onto Spotify. I was like, <gasps> gasp. Actually, didn't we only find that out because we were looking to see whether Candy Pop was on Spotify, Spotify when <laughs> yeah. we were in Nottingham? On the train back, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good times. I liked it. Good Phil? times. My number three. Toi. Silver Eater by Grace Lightman. No, no idea. Um, <laughs> so you're doing it again, Phil. I've heard of most of these artists and never listened to them. Oh, well. Um, you definitely won't have heard the next one. Um, it's kind of indie alternative electro pop. Mm-hmm. This sounds um, more like the Phil I know. Ish, ish, yeah. Um, obviously, it's uh, someone that identifies as female, uh, female artist. Um, it's... She described this particular album as one part ABBA, two parts Twin Peaks. Well, that sounds awful. Fuck you. There's two things I dislike. Who the fuck do you think you are? Actively dislike. You fucking fucking ABBA, my favourite band of all time. (laughs) Somebody told me the other day that ABBA were their favourite band because there's literally no other band like them. I mean, I... There is. Hundreds of ABBA (laughs) tributes. (laughs) They all again. One. Baba is probably one. <laughs> Jane and Freddy. Like a, like a black country one called Baba. Yeah. I like it. Baba Duke. Um, for me, Slash. there's a... Abba Duke. Has anyone done that? Agadoo. But the song is Abba Duke. And then, like, it's Abba, but it's also a Baba... Like, or Duke by Duke. Do it. I'm writing it down. By the time this comes out, we'll copyright that shit. Um, for me, it's got very sort of golf rap vibes. Okay. Um, a bit of a Bowie sense to it as well. Ooh, um, that from golf rap there's supposedly a, a a story thread throughout it about a silver alien female creature. Um, grey, yeah, not quite, right. not quite. Yeah, you know, more like a, a sexy silver female, or a traditional grey alien. It's like the silver eater. Grey aliens freak me. Out. They're not real. Lots I don't of like things freak because they look like ET. No, because ET doesn't look like a grey alien. But I don't he like does when he's grey because he's an alien. Do you remember when he went grey when he died? Yeah. Oh, ooh, I hate you. Oh, sorry. Is that ET That's fine. That you want. That's pretty much finished. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so that's my number three. Excellent. Richard. Thank you. Um, my number three is Dancing on the Wind by the Sloppy Boys. <laughs> um, nice. <laughs> Sloppy Boys are a American band based in LA with Carl Packis, Hanford and Dutton from the Birthday Boys who are a comedy sketch tribute act. They're originally called the Sloppy Boys Jangly Band, which I think they should have stuck it's with. Better. It is a funnier name. They're the most serious musicians. <laughs> <laughs> They're a comedy band. This yeah. is a comedy album. Um, their first album, which Lifelong Vacation, came out last year. 
Most of their songs are about having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you first good feelings, bad feelings, having yeah. a good time. Have some more good feelings. Is it Sloppy Boys that did I Came Here to Rock? Yeah, that was yeah. off the last album. It's a good song, though. When Dutton kicks in with his I Came Here to Rock. I Came Rock. Here um, to Rock. <laughs> they're not very good, technically. No. They are sloppy. And I still don't know if they were trying to be a real band or it's a bit. And I think that's what makes it work really well. Um, There's a song on here that's called I'm Taken, where it's Carl Packish telling the woman to get the hands off his tight little ass because he's a married man. Um, (laughs) Fair thing to say. Another one about um, him being a lifeguard, or Hanford being a lifeguard, and um, he's just drunk all the time instead. And And he he can't rescue people because he's got a belly full of burgers. Too many burgers. (laughs) And then in the video for it, a crab grabs onto his dick. So, you know, that's, what's, the, what's, what's, <laughs> that's the level of uh, maturity we're, we're dealing yeah. with here. And they refer to Yo-Yo Ma's big violin in it. I've seen one of the songs as well. So, yeah, they're like if Jimmy Buffett couldn't play music. <laughs> that's probably not selling them. <laughs> they are very funny. They are very funny. They it, it is not serious, but they are a real band at the same time. Yeah. Sloppy boys. I thought we weren't saying names. Stace. Well, <laughs> My number three is Snafu by Potty Mouth. <laughs> well, what a reaction. Thanks, Rich. Uh, it's yet another pop punk, sort of riot girly, yeah, punchy. Not quite as punchy as this, probably. A bit less energy, but still very, very good. D- don't really have a lot to say about that. They're just a little bit angry and want to tell you about it <laughs> in the medium of song. Was that it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Sure Done. Okay. Done. <laughs> Where are they from? Um, a land the internet. far away. <laughs> the other side of the speaker. Spotify. Ah, oh, Spotify land. <laughs> yeah. Oh, going to be one of them soon. I'll move there right now. My number two then, yeah? We? Phil. Uh, my number two is 8-track by Hot Since 82. Is this a synth pop band? No. It sounds exactly like one. But it's a dance act. <laughs> it's a DJ. It's big, uh, epic, Balearic house music. It's it's sound Phil. system bangers. Get some ketamine. Get sound system bangers. I be for till three a.m., six a.m. <laughs> the next day. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's my dancey one for the for the top. Do you five. listen to this and the secret dancing on the train? I don't. Oh. I don't do secret dancing on the train. You've got to love some secret dancing. Mm, a little bit of foot tap, maybe heads. You know. Try and walk in time to it on the way to work. No, I can't too strut. Fast. It's not strutting. <laughs> I know, no, it's too too slow. It's nice, mellow, oh, okay. big, epic. Oh, yeah, you don't yeah, have insanity yeah. at, like, 6 a.m. It's, it's not happy hard. No, well, you know, some rave. stuff. Yeah, but that's terrible. That's the worst stuff. Oh. I've never done any and gone it's to a warehouse. You don't need to do it. <laughs> Drugs are bad. Okay. Okay. Don't forget to put up your stuff. The <laughs> 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 random reference to this week's South This week's South Pole. Really? South Pole. So that's my number two. Perfect. You? What do you think about number twos? Oi, Taylor. Who? Richard. Oh, okay, yeah. Slag. <laughs> My number two is Better Oblivion, Better Oblivion Community Centre by Better Oblivion Community Centre, which is a super group, technically, by uh, Phoebe Bridges of Phoebe Bridges' fame and Connor Robert of um, Bright Eyes. Do you pick a Phoebe fame. Bridges album every year? <laughs> no, because I didn't pick her solo on the year before because I didn't listen to it until the year after. Okay. I did pick um, her last year with... Another super group. Yeah, Lucy Dacus and um, Julian Baker. Yeah, it's a concept album based on a dystopian community centre. It's indie folk rock, alt folk rock, whatever they call it. I'm not using post folk or 
anti-fallical. Oh, I don't understand what that means when you say post something. Because, uh, because I think we've had this conversation on I've the Christmas episode before. Because it was like bands that were a bit grungy, but not like part of the grunge movement. But then funk music's been around for so long, you can't be you posting. You can't be posting, no. Anyway, yeah. So if you liked Phoebe Bridges or... Bright Eyes. Bright Eyes or anything kind of best done and stuff like that, it's really good and... It is really good. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is quite political. So if you're not very left wing, you'd probably dislike it. But fuck <laughs> off as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm not gonna. And also, with either of those sentiments. <laughs> she's just released a Christmas song with um, I can't remember the guy's name. The singer at the National. Matt. I don't know. I want to say Matt Berenger, but it's not Matt Berenger. It's similar to that. And they, they also released a duet earlier in the year. And also, with Better Oblivion, what I like is they both sing on all the songs. You do feel like you listen to more of a group than when you have. Sometimes this happens and you have one song's ones and one song's the other. Excellent. Bock. That's what I'm going to call them. Bock. Yeah. Cool. Box. My number two. No one asked you. Wow. Why have you turned your name? My number two was Powers by the Future Heads. My number two is the worst party game of all time. Isn't there a game where you have to. It's with a dog and a poo. A dog does a poo. I forget. You my number two. I know there's like it's a thing like a you can get away with dog like poos and chocolate dog. raisins. Yeah, and it does poos. Okay. Anyway, um, Future Heads, Powers. Bored. So the Future Heads Bored. are like, the Future Heads are legit my favourite band in the world. And they went on like a big like six-year hiatus or some shit. That's beautiful. That's and then this year they were, they were just like, everywhere. we're going to drop an album in like a month. And I was like, ha, and did a little poo in my pants because I was so excited. Good time. Um, and uh, and one, then I did a little... They? Then I did a little nervous shaky shake because I was like, oh no, what if it's dreadful? What if they come back and they've just lost it? And you it shake the poo out of your pants. And pants. I hate it. And then I shook the poo out of my shake pants. It and it turns out I needn't have worried because it's really shitting good. Like, it's like if you like the future heads, which you guys don't. <laughs> I, I don't actually <laughs> dislike them. Phil likes one song by the future no, heads. No, I don't. They I'm played afraid. it last week. <laughs> which no. one's that? You said beginning of the twist. That's my favourite one. It's so not the only one I like. Oh, I thought it was. Did they play my favourite? You don't like any of them, do you? Well, that's a lie, because I like one of them. It's one you Which don't one? like. Decent Days and Nights. And another I don't, I don't on the dislike album. Decent Days wow. and Nights. Wow. So Decent Days and Nights, then? Well, I, I fucked up, so this is weird. I just accidentally stopped recording. <laughs> Oops. But Decent Days and Nights, they played the first album. That yeah, was, they I did. think, what we were talking about. Well, yeah, well, we were talking about the future. Um, Which beginning of Twist isn't on, so... No, it's not. They did an encore. They played though. it at the end. Mm. At the very end, actually. Anyway, yeah, so, new album, Powers, came out, and it kicked me in the fanny. It is, like, powerful, punk, sort of... It just, like, bursts out of the gate and then keeps kicking you, and then occasionally it's like, right, we'll have one song where we chill out a bit. <laughs> Rich is trying to stealthily get up and it's just not happening. He's getting the mulled wine, I hope. Get in my belly. Yeah, it's really good. So it's what there's, you expect from the future head sound. Yeah, there's um there's a couple of tracks where they, they play a bit more with synths than they have in the past. Mm. But it's still recognisably future headsy. Yeah. But they haven't tried to go too drastically and change well, like certain bands do after they've been away for a while. Yeah, and um, like they did um for God's sake, Rich. They clang, <laughs> clang, clonk, tink. Um they, <laughs> they did um 
a Reddit AMA not long ago and I asked them about the synths and they were like, yeah, we kind of wanted to do more, but then we realised we don't have a fifth band member that can play them when we play things live. So we just didn't. I was like, fair play. Makes sense. Can't really argue with that. But yeah, there's a there's a particular song on there that's very political. Um, so again, if you're a, if you're not particularly left wing, you might wanna <laughs> you might wanna just avoid it. It's called Across the Border, and it's basically like, oh look at you all swanning off on holidays to Spain and shit, but then being like, get these people out of our country. Um, so yeah, it's a bit. It's very yeah. It's it's very now of the now, but it is yeah. It's it's just good future heads times. And I would wholeheartedly recommend it to people. What more can we say? Yeah. Filet-vous. My number one. Ha-ha. <laughs> Have we gone for an Abba thing this year? What's happening? <laughs> You're going I did more partridge, yeah. Um, my number one is Beware of the Dogs by Stella Donnelly. You heard um, this one? I've heard the album. Way. Lads, lads, lads. You don't like it, though. That's all right. Okay, fine. Um, it's just not top five, whatever. No, that's fair enough. Um, she's very, I'd say, uh, Courtney Barnett-esque. Oh, I thought um, you would love her. So it's kind of like sweet-sounding pop music, um, quite cheeky, but with a, a very vicious dark bite to it at times. A um, bit cheeky. Yeah. Really? There are some quite satirical tracks, and there's um, a lot of dark humour in there and a few tracks about hashtag me too mm. and sex offenders and men basically being shit. Men are shit. I'm sorry, guys. And, well, you know. No tall men, but men are shit. People equals shit. Um, but yeah, it all throughout it, it's a very, even though it's it's tackling some very dark stuff, it's very upbeat and very, it moves moves along mm. and it's nice to listen to. And her voice is kind of different on on each track, mm. so it's not like the whole album gets into a, a rut. There's some very different sounding tracks where she does different things with her voice, but on first on first instinct, first instinct, first appearance, it, it seems kind of sweet and nice but it's really not which is again probably part of the point of the album and her whole act excellent i haven't heard it <laughs> oh no are you going to be better at like burping less now that you're on mulled wine fizzy, instead yeah. of beer i need to finish this shit beer Oh, I need to down just reach your number one as as oh thanks sorry <laughs> should we just finish um Suck my dick. My you number one who? album of Le Year was um, Young Enough by Charlie Bliss. I am so surprised and shocked and whatnot. <laughs> cool. This is brand new Blimey. information. I've been this album constantly for seven weeks. Yeah, colour me all of the surprises. And it's still in rotation now. Yeah, they're a pop punk, power punk, no, power pop punk band from Brooklyn. Pa, 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 pa. Um, they use Weezer as a heavy influence on their early stuff, which probably why I like them so much. Yeah, Charlie Bliss with the same front new band singing about their feelings and they're angry they get at shit. Mm-hmm. It's good. I like that they because like and we walked the three of us saw them live. We did and they were good. Yeah, were I mean good. it's definitely in my revolving top ten this mm. year. I'd say mm. yeah, same. Fair. I think I purposely didn't talk about it because I knew you would <laughs> and you didn't like it more. We didn't want to spoil your number one, but yeah, to be fair, I did like this album a lot. I was having a conversation with somebody at work earlier today about how cool story, bro. Great. Uh, about how, like, a lot of music is mostly just about either love or heartbreak. Yeah. And so sometimes I quite like songs that just have a story or that are just like. So there's like, they've got, Charlie Bliss have got songs about, like, how she once jumped so high on a trampoline, she's done a wee in her pants. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, fine. But then there are also songs that are, like, you know, important. 
good messages in yeah. there. Yeah, and on this one, I think the like capacity and chat room are the ones that probably got on my most play for I love me. chat room. I think that's my favourite. Which part. is in essence a song about or... her getting berated for by other people who are sticking up for an ex of hers. Young enough. Young enough. Yeah, they're all really they're like. all good. Oh, they're they're all fairly short tracks as well. Yes. not as short mm. as their last album, but oh it's... god, no. <laughs> which was probably fifty tracks and lasted ten seconds. Yeah. yeah. And they've got a lot of good um, singles as well that weren't on either, especially Turd, which is a song I wish they'd play live more. Yeah. Which is a song about a bloke trying to chat her up whilst she's walking down the street. Who won't leave her alone. So, yeah, again. Men. Yeah. Great. <laughs> if you think not all men is an acceptable hashtag or you're a men's rights activist. Just unsubscribe. Do not. Fuck off. I fuck off from this, well, but yeah. don't listen to this album either. Fuck off from life. <laughs> Put some stones in your pocket and walk to the nearest canal. I feel like I should quantify this by saying that we just got the election <laughs> results today, guys, so we're all feeling a bit oh, tender. I said this. No, these are my opinions all of the no, time. No, they are my opinions all the time, but I don't know if we'd be this If you think white straight men have got it difficult in Britain oh, or America, get to fuck. please get to fuck. pop yourself into the sea right now. <laughs> no, because even the sea shouldn't have this to deal with true. that. <laughs> Poor whales and shit having to deal with... Whales and dolphins. <laughs> whales, whales and, and dolphins. dolphins, yeah! Number one's nice. <laughs> and if you don't know what that's a reference to, again, look it up. Put some rocks in your pocket now. Google is your friend. So Charlie Bliss, uh, young enough, listen to it. Top notch. Stace. Me. It's Lizzo, because I love you. What problem is you picking this? Why have you got a, a problem? Most of the songs off this were about five years old. Were they? Fucking See, now I man. came to the Lizzo party late, and I'm very sorry to say that because yeah, I fucking. It should be on adverts for you to go. Oh, it wasn't like on them. adverts, it was you. You were like, listen to this song called Juice. There's a goose in it, and I did. I did say there's a goose in it. Was it no, an untitled goose? To be fair, he didn't say there was a goose in it. What he said was, there's a line about a goose in this, and my sister thought it was a real goose, and then I realised it's true. about vodka. Okay. It's about grey goose. Yeah. No, it's Untitled Goose Song. <laughs> untitled yeah. Goose Song, yeah. No, Lizzo is like, if you are, if you haven't heard of Lizzo, clearly you haven't been existing anywhere on the internet for the past fucking year. But she is... And also ask Pete Donaldson his description of Lizzo's body, please. Well, he didn't describe it that way. He said he likes the fact that she describes her own boobs as long-ass Yeah, titties. but he called them pendulous. He did call them pendulous breasts after that, yeah. Pendulous breasts. Anyway, she has got pendulous breasts, but that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't affect her singing. I hope that's the name of her second album. She is a hip hop, rap, pop, big, black, beautiful boss bitch who just makes fucking. Can you say some more words again with B? I, d- I mean, we've said pop power punk so many times, oh, no. I thought I'd say something else oh, that began so with other alliterative things. Yeah, no, because I mean, she's got a fucking set of lungs on her. Her voice is amazing. And uh, every time I put on juice, it makes me want to strip down the street. Like, I own the fucking place. You know why I don't like that song anymore? Because I keep the, singing the adverts that it's in. Oh, I've not seen any adverts. And there's, oh, what's the other one of her songs that's on something? Um, it's always the one I feel like. Good as hell. Yeah. Oh, like, that's on all the adverts. Yeah, every advert has killed that song for me. It really bugs me. And I don't blame her for taking the cash. It's no. not even like it's for a controversial product. I think it's like for M&S or something. Oh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, or like Simply B or something yeah. like it. But I'm like, take that money, but yeah. it puts me off the song. Yeah. But, I mean, but it's so feel-good. Like, it's very, you know, positive. And she beats. plays jazz flute as well. She like. plays jazz fucking flute. I remember seeing her live sporting churches about five oh, years shut ago. Your mouth. About right. and, and just her, her stage presence is just the way she owns that stage. I would love to see her. Like, like Rich says, her songs have been... Uh, considered as what a debut album it's a debut it? album yeah but, but I think Good As Hell got to number one this year and it'd been, it was out in 2016 17 something like no that it's just, yeah 
but some, there are some great tracks, and mm. she's she's amazing live. Yeah. yeah, I need to see her. That that will be my next year thing. I need to see her live. We're going to see Jeppers next year. We are going to see Jeppers next year. Woo! Jeppers didn't make Jeppers. it into any of our top fives. Well but... done to Roundhouse being too small. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Kieran Roundhouse. Yeah. Kieran there Roundhouse. There you go, Kieran. There's a reference for you. But I think, because I love you, like, the opening track on that album is so, like, pow, this is what this album's going to be like. It's just... Right yeah. in the kisser. Right in the kisser. Right in the feels. Right in the old earlugs. <laughs> and uh, and it's just, yeah, whenever I'm, like, strutting around listening to it, I just feel like a powerful badass, even though I'm, like, the total Aww, opposite. <laughs> such a badass. I know. I have to tell myself that. When you're anyway, walking in the street, good. people go, look at that badass. Look at that badass. And I think I'm strutting really badassily, but actually I'm just looking like I'm having some sort oh, when of... Oh, we're not strut, I'm blatantly waddling. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's good. It was, yeah, I, it, it's an album that I needed to listen to quite a bit. <laughs> Does it mention sexy tractors? It does not, as far as I'm aware. So this decade is as bad as the last decade, which because mm. the decade before was all about the sexy tractors. Yep. Yeah. I'm not even going to go into that. Cop car? What? what? Music, guys. That's it. Done. Tick that off. Music. Oh, sh- music. Tick that the fuck off. What do you want to do next? TV or movies? TV. TV. Do TV. Let's start with Rich this time. Oh, fuck my God. Go the other way around. <laughs> just for some, you know, variety. It's the same way around. No, because it's like that. So yeah. basically, you're just last every time. Is that the way you're Yeah, for suspenders. <laughs> okay, back once again. Rich. <laughs> I've already said you. <laughs> my number fuck five off. TV show that was new in 2019 was Amazon Prime's The Boys. Ah, I only watched um, like a Which is based on a comic called The Boys. Shocking. Which I think was Wildstorm and then went to... Yeah, they cancelled it after five They cancelled it because it was too violent, <laughs> but let them have all the rights to it because they were like, not for us. No one will pick it up. And went to Dynamite. Dynamite straight away. Um, yeah. It's fucking batshit insane. It's brilliant. It's about um, World West. It's kind of a, quite a realistic, gritty, normal world where superheroes are real. And the beginning, one, one poor fella, his um, girlfriend gets... Brutally killed by a su- accidentally by a superhero, Ooh. so he's like not happy about it. So um, Carl Urban appears and goes, "Right, I hate these superhero cunts." Probably literally says cunts <laughs> ten times more than I ever have in my life as well. And so yeah, it's it's kind of I don't want to say much more about the plot because if you've not seen it or read it, there's a lot of cunts, cunts, a lot of, lot of fucks, a lot of son of a bitches, um, and a lot of. Not twists like um, M. Night Shyamalan twists, just like a lot of reveals that work really, really well. Mm, okay. And everyone in it's great. Even Simon Pegg. He's barely in it, but Even he had to be in it because like the main character was based on him in the comics physically. Um, but yeah, Carl Urban's fucking amazing in this. And the guy, well, I can't remember the character's name, the main superhero. Fuck's sake. The main hero or the main? The main hero, like... Or is he the main villain? Wink. Oh, spoiled <laughs> it. No, he's Carl Urban's butcher, right, isn't okay. it? The actual hero, Captain, whatever his fucking... Right. Su- they're Superman, in essence. I forgot what the actor's name is, but he's fucking smarmy and shit-eating and great. It's very violent, very sweary, very gory in points. Watch it. See, okay. I, I haven't watched it yet because it's Amazon, so it'll be there forever. I'm in no rush yes, to it. Definitely. And I've read all the comics, so it can't really be spoiled for me. So yeah. I, mean, I knew you'd read the comics, otherwise it. I wouldn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's definitely one of those things that they're on my radar. And they've announced like Series 2 yeah. quite early on. For the, I think it was like 10 minutes after it had first aired. It was yeah. like, yeah, we're doing a Series but 2. I think the budget is just gone. And, through yeah, the roof. looking forward to it. But yeah, no, it's done really well. 
And it's one I'm not been very good at hour long shows for the past few years, and this was the one where I got an arc and watched through it for episode of this in a row. Noise. Noise. Tight. Phil. Me. Um, my number five was the other two. Yeah, it's good that. So it's a comedy show. Um, is it two ex Saturday Night Live people or nope? No, nope. what is it? The writers. Two, two from, uh, <laughs> no, carry on. Chris Kelly is the writer, isn't he? Um, from oh, I forgot what Chris Kelly wrote. Your mother. I will look that up. You do that. Um, so it's based around a a family to an extent. There's a brother and a sister who are mid twenties. Being generous. Being generous. Yeah. Um, the brother is a failed aspiring wannabe actor. And the sister is a failed wannabe dancer. And the series is basically about how their 13-year-old brother <laughs> um, has suddenly become like a pop sensation, mm-hmm. even though he can't sing. He worked on Broad City. Broad- oh. Okay. And he wrote for A.D. Bryant and Kate McKinnon on XNL. Uh, yeah. There, there you go. Kind of right. Carry um, on. So... Um, and their brother's been made this pop sensation overnight, kind of like a Justin Bieber stereotype, but one that literally can't sing and can't do anything. Um, and the brother's name is Chase, um, and his they, his agent, who is the amazing Ken Marino, yeah. wonderful, uh, who makes the show. It's great as I love the show, and as much as I love Drew Tarver, Drew Ken Tarver Marino is, is the best thing in this no, show. No, Drew Tarver's is. the best. Shut your mouth. Um, and they 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 change his name to Chase Dreams. Which I forgot to shit that one. <laughs> yeah. Um and it's it's just so funny seeing the, the brother and sister uh having to work for their younger brother and And get a strange amount of small fame from having a famous brother. Yeah. And just it's it's very funny comedic stuff. It's not quite sick on me, but it's stupid though. Yeah, like, in a good it way. It is daft, yeah. but good daft. I liked it a lot. But even just, you know, like I say, Ken Marino's face express, facial expressions and it's a good show. Watch it. Excellent, eh? Stay. Stay, number five. It's me. Uh, here's Dark Materials. <laughs> Shut up, Rich. Now, as of this recording, it hasn't finished, but I'd like to think that it's not going to go spectacularly off the rails and just become garbage. It's a TV adaptation of the Here's Dark Materials trilogy by Philip Pullman, which is my favourite book series thing ever. Love it. It's the best. And um Is it as good as Dan Brown's Da Vinci book? I've not read those because I read like a page of one of them and was like, is this written by a child whose first language isn't English? Yes. Because <laughs> it was not good. No, the His Dark Materials uh, TV adaptation is great. It's it's following the, the main story of the books, but it's sort of jumbling up how it's delivering it to you. So it's keeping things fresh for people who have read the trilogy and know what goes on in the books. But it's and it's making it a bit more sort of spicy. But oh, it's still <laughs> it's still a relatively fairly like um what's the word I'm looking for? Faithful Vega adaptation of the books. The only thing I will say about it that is the reason it's not higher up my list is that I don't think it quite plays up enough with the links between the characters and their demons, which is like their little um animal companions that represent sort of like their soul as it were um but i think that's purely down to the budgetary reasons of giving every single person an animal that's going to move around and talk and do stuff cut some stuff out of a book but the thing is the whole premise of the the books is to do with the links between people and their demons so it's difficult to 
really play that up as much as it needs to be played up when you're not seeing as many demons as perhaps you should. But other than that, I'm I mean, it's got, demons. That, it's got a great cast. Ruth Wilson. Macy <laughs> Ruth Wilson is wonderful as Mrs. Coulter. And she has all the best outfits and I'm jealous of them. I cover them every week. And what's her face? Daphne Keane. She's good too. Mustard. And she um, X23 in Logan. That's the one. And also, uh, this is the first time I've ever been attracted to James McAvoy. It's a little fact for him. But Lin Manuel Miranda's in this show. Lin Ma- yeah, and he he's is. garbage. And I don't, yeah, he's not great. I'll be honest. He's garbage at everything. I've listened to the soundtrack of Hamilton. It's fucking terrible. That's, uh, that's another thing that's put it a little bit lower down the list than you would expect it to be. Also, because when they did try to do film adaptations of this, his role was played by Sam Elliott like a million times better. I love him. What so. if they've got um, Nick Offerman to play him this time? I think I'd have loved that, actually. But overall, it's like, yeah, it's very, very good. I look forward to it every week and it's um, got You say that, soundtrack. but you keep forgetting it's on. Well, no, but only because we're usually watching other things and then I'm like, ooh, here's Dark Materials. I get excited. I like it. It's all right. It's good. Which way around are we going, Rich? <laughs> it's your turn it for a number four. Um, my number four is AEW Dynamite. Which is well? The, what? It is wrestling. Why would you say well? Because that doesn't seem like it counts. But I'll, I'll why wouldn't it count? It's a brand not, new telly show for twenty nineteen. Let him have it. I'll let you. Have I don't it. know what because it doesn't fit, like it's sports. I don't know. It's not. It's written. It's scripted. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like, what's your point? They All just right. just live. All right. Jesus Christ. God. Um, yeah. AEW Dynamite, which is. Um, new wrestling promotion started this year by Tony Khan of Jacksonville Jaguars and Fulham Ownership fame. Weird. Um, well, forever. his dad kind of owns both of them. St- well, spearheaded by the elite from the former Bullet Club, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes and Adam Page. Yeah, it's wrestling, but it's kind of old school wrestling with proper promos and Chris Jericho being awesome. That's about it. If you like wrestling, and you will probably already watch this. If you don't, you won't give a flying fuck, and that's fine. <laughs> Fair dues. Fair play. Philip? My number four is uh, Pen15. Penis? Penis. Oh, got it now. Willies. <laughs> I love Willies. Um, I love Pen15. It's a, a Hulu show um, produced by Adam Sam- uh, Andy Sandberg. That'll do. Uh, starring... Uh, did you say Adam Sandberg? Then? I did, yeah. yeah. No, definitely Andy Sandberg. <laughs> Starring uh, Maya Erskine and Anna Conkle. I don't know those people. You know Maya Erskine. She's been in lots of things here. Basically, they're actresses, uh, they're mid-30s, and they play themselves as (laughs) 13-year-olds. Right. Um, And it's quite scary how young they look, because obviously they, I presume they tape their bits back and whatever, and one of them wears a brace. Tape their bits back? And she has... Yeah. (laughs) Tuck it in, Bab. And Erskine has a very bad bowl cut. Um, <laughs> but all the other actors are actual thirteen-year-olds or actual child actors, right? And so it's very kind of teenage. Stop writing teenage car in stuff my notebook. Set in the year two thousand. Fucking ruining my notebook with your car. So one, one of the favourite bits of it, my, one of my favourite bits of it is um, one episode where they de- they get uh, AOL Messenger for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> And oh, just the first four minutes before the opening credits are literally just the modem logging on <laughs> and them just waiting for AIM to kick in. Brilliant. And then it's got the usual sort of things where one of the girls has their first kiss and obviously they get an, a double in through that bit. And then they watch their first, they watch uh, Wild Things. One of the boys' cousins rents it from Blockbuster <laughs> and it's their first like R-rated film that they watch and they all sit round and... 
obviously the scene comes up. And yeah, it's it's very much American. There's no laughter track or anything, mm. which is good. So it's, it's a very much American high school awkward teenagers, well written comedy. It sounds good. It is. I'm, I might give that a look in with my eyes. No, you won't. <laughs> All right, thanks. Richard said no. Well, thanks. My number four is what we do in the shadows. I'm you to talk about it. You looked sceptically at my notes <coughs> as if that wasn't one my number four. I see what your notes were, but your notes are just Matt Berry. Don't, don't no, it says Matt effing Berry. Yeah. It says <laughs> um, Cop car. Fuck off. Uh, Matt Berry is the tits. What We Do in the Shadows it was a very good film, very mm. fun film, and uh, and they decided to make a series of it, and I thought, this isn't going to work because Jermaine Clement isn't in it. And but he is. Taika Waititi isn't in it, and it's, it's not going to be... It's not going to be good. And then they were like, here's Matt Berry as a vampire. And I was like, ah, <laughs> Look, it's so good. I love him so much. It's really funny. It has the same sort of sense of humour as the film. So it's, um, sorry, I've got but Brune. Pardon me. So if I didn't like the film, because I'm going to take a wank off, fuck off, Rich, um, <laughs> I won't enjoy this? I would say. No, it's the same. <laughs> yeah, no. You might find the occasional like Matt Berry delivery funny. But I don't know if you'll, yeah, like the actual show. But it's about some vampires what live in a house together and uh, do vampire things. Not really vampire things sometimes. They turn into bats sometimes. Not a lot. Eh, sometimes. Bat. But it's just really funny. And is I it like funny? Me like, it is funny. It's funny. Is it romantic? What? It's funny. You said so funny, funny a thousand times. Have I? I'm a little bit tiddly. All right. Well. Isn't it funny? <laughs> No, yeah, no. I just really liked it. I was, I was skeptical because I thought the movie's great and it hasn't got the same people in it, and I might cry. But then it turned out to be dander, funny, really, really funny. It's so funny, Rich. What's your number, number three? three? My number three, I'm pretty sure, is Stacey's number one and Phil's shit biscuits. It is Watchmen. Yeah, that's my number one, bro. Ah, my number one. Um, so this is based on a comic. If you read comics, you might have heard of it. It's pretty unknown. I don't know. Do we have people? Will people have read it? I don't it? think anyone's ever heard of it. And apparently the author of it is a very nice bloke. Um, Oaks Labour. <laughs> first time you've voted in 30 years. Prick. Kind of part of the problem. No, that's what's the Who worships more snakes, Alan, you prick? Um, <laughs> right, right, I'm going to do this now. I felt sympathy for what happened to him a lot in the 80s, but he's turned down the money from all these films since League of Gentlemen. Mm. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So, it'd be fucking... Dave Gibbons is loving life, isn't he? Yeah. He's getting up there going, oh, best film ever made, lads, and he's, like, laughing, rolling in his cash. Fuck Alan Moore. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's... Everything they've done with Watchmen since Watchmen existed has been all right. Uh, some of the, maybe the sequel, prequel comics are all right. going to be awesome. The film's all right. The video game was all right. So I thought this would be all right. It's fucking brilliant, man. It is tits. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've never read the comic because every cunt <gasps> I talk to says, you have to read this. It's the greatest fucking thing since I spread. It's fine. Yeah. It's so fine. I, I'm pretty sure I own a copy, but I'm like, I've read uh, like two pages and eh, I can read this. No. Nah. But it's yeah. Fine. And then the film. Right, well, you yeah. know, it's not Zack Snyder's worst film <laughs> by a long shot. I like it. I actively I like, like the film it too. Watchmen, I do but it's like it. a three and a half out of five. But don't watch the director's cut because, my God, is it my It doesn't need that to It feels like it's oh, 30,000. Yeah. yeah, and there's like extra scenes that don't make sense. And just... um, I just found a Rice Krispie stuck to my teeth. You get that with a lot of director's <laughs> cuts, though. So. 
Um, well, well done. But yeah, but this, it's because it doesn't follow the same plot as the comic. Yes, it does. Or it is exactly the, the same. See, it's not. No, really. everything that happened in the comic 100% happened before this show. Yeah, what Phil's saying is that this isn't a recreation of the comic. No, but it doesn't not. deviate right. from the film. Does. Okay. I don't get right. what you're trying to say. Right, no. Right, you, you, I think reading the comic and knowing it well enhances this massively. But it's, it's not like a, a page-for-page adaptation in... Actually, it's no, a sequel. Okay. It's a total, yes. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, yeah. That, that's what I mean. Yeah. But it's Damon Lindelof. Yes. Yes. Who's yeah. notoriously which, great at starting things. <laughs> lost, which I still love. Yeah. Um, and... Other Anything things. Else done since. The other thing that I like that I've forgotten because I've had some drinks. Someone else talk. Well, Fringe. No. No. I will the say one about the people that go missing that I talked about about three years ago. The hundred, the missing. No. Rap, that one about the rapture. Uh, uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Leftovers. The leftovers, leftovers, yes. And it's just very stylistically amazing. Yeah. yeah. What I really love about it is it's that Jeremy Irons teeth. No, that's the one one <laughs> thing I don't like about Where it. Where he hangs dong in the latest episode. Yeah. That doesn't really bother me that much either. I'll shake the thunder gun when he did that. <laughs> the uh, the thing the, the thing that I love about this is the fact that it is very much a completely different story, but so recognisably Watchmen. Like the last episode where it's all about Doctor Manhattan is kind of like the issue of Watchmen. Oh, where, by the way, we're spoiling it. Oh yeah, it is kind of like the issue of Watchmen where you find out about Doctor Manhattan and it's all chronologically all over the place and. Think, but things are still feeding into because of the way he experiences oh, yeah. the, time. The eighth and, episode, which is the last um, one that's aired, could have been the first episode. Yeah. yeah. Like, and um, it would have worked fine as a I like that they haven't done it that way. Yes. Yeah. Because it was a very slow build with those yeah. first three. Oh, yeah. To be fair as well, me and Phil have put this at our number one and there's still an episode to be aired. So we, the episode we, it could, could go be horribly terrible, wrong. but it'd still be a great series. Yeah. Um, I think It'd have to be like heroes level of bad last episode yeah. of series one to ruin it's, it. Stylistically, it's really awesome. And I, I don't know why, but like when I first saw the guy with the, is he called Looking Glass, the guy with the shiny yeah. face mask, I thought I'm going to hate Nelson. I'm going to hate this guy. Did you just not know the name Tim Black Nelson? Yeah. Um, I thought, I'm going to I'm going to dislike this character, I think. But now I think he might be my favourite. I was terrified he'd end up being a racist. Yeah. Because I feel like they were edging the wacky thing that way. Because he's like a bit southern. The, um, yeah. Whatever they're called. Seventh. Seventh Cavalry. Cavalry, yeah. there you go. So I'm kind of um, glad he's not. I mean, yeah. they telegraphed a bit that politician being one. Yeah. But I think they wanted to. Yeah. Mm. Almost. Um, and the stuff with Ozymandias... Really good, and yeah, you know, I think you worked out the reveal. Is, by, he, by... In, is he in the statue? No, we... oh. he's, on, he's on that moon of Jupiter. Oh, okay, yeah, but is that in the statue? No, no. Oh, I want it to be in the statue. And that was I... confirmed in yesterday's one, where the not yet, well, the this week's, one, this week's, where his son, right? Oh, yeah, right. Of Dr. Manhattan goes to that moon of Jupiter, creates that Create, whole thing, yeah, and know, that's yeah. where Ozymandias is. Yeah. That made that very yeah, explicit. I know. But I just didn't know the that episode was before real... when it had, he was in court. And he, oh yeah, and it pulled out and it was a statue of old Ozymandias. Yeah, everyone online didn't think that meant anything. Everyone online was like, "Oh, is he in the statue? Is there fit in the statue?" And this week, I was like, "I'm not the fucking idiot. They're the fucking idiot." I like the bit where he's trying to catapult up out of it. Yeah. I thought his defence in court was a massive, <laughs> a massive fart. toot. And I mean, that's I'll a joke it. that shouldn't work, but it really does. Yeah. The score as well. Can we just talk about like the music in this show? Is I think it's brilliant. Like shit the bed. Some bits are just like No, haven't. you're not in bed either. Oh, so. well. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, no, I think it's it's yeah, it's cracking telly. Absolutely. And I'm I'm a bit sad as well that Don Johnson died so early in it. Because uh, he's great. Don't get her. Uh, 
Is somebody setting off fireworks? Yep, kind of so. On the 13th of December. Fr- for happy festive Friday. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like, as well, some of it you feel like, well, this is going nowhere. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, that makes perfect sense. Mm. But it's that, and, and it's got the perfect blend of intense, you know, dialogue scenes with yeah. fucking uber violence. Mm. And yeah, it's shot so well. And Gene Smart playing an older version of, um, well, I can't remember her name. Silk Spectre. Oh, um, Laurie Blake. Yes. She's fucking great. Yeah. Um, no, she is fucking great. And I think Regina King has done like a fucking top titty in that job. I think she's great. She's the nostalgia great. episode yeah, yeah, to me yeah. was just like, fuck, what? Oh, so good. So but good. But an elephant never forgets so space. Good. I can't believe it took you a week to I work know, out. It did take me a week to work out why well, there was an elephant there, but anyway. Ah. The elephant in the room. Yeah. Uh, so that was my number three that I barely talked about. Phil? Didn't it go around? That was oh, amazing. So my number three is The Morning Show on don't, Apple Plus. Don't know that. I don't think that exists. No one cares about Apple well, Plus. Well, you know, it wasn't a completely strong lineup for a opening thing, but this is very good. Uh, this is Jennifer Aniston and Reef Witherspoon. Reef Witherspoon. With her spoon. With her spoon. Um, as it already sounds presenters. like I'm going to hate it. Um, Why? Steve Carell. I don't think either of them are very good actresses. Reef Witherspoon is great. Yeah, uh, she's fine. Fine. Have you not no. watched her in the past 30 years? Maybe not, no. Well, I think the last thing I saw was friends. Legally Blonde. The first Legally Blonde, she's great, and the second one's terrible. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a second. Um, but yeah, and Red, White and Blonde is called. Of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so Steve Carell was the host of this show with uh, Jennifer Aniston, but he's been outed as a sexual predator. And again, it's very... Actually, Steve Carell. Well, fucking missed yeah. um, And it's part of the... Um, yeah, it's, again, it's very uh, Me Too, and it's, it's mm. very much focused on on that in that industry. And there are some bits that are very quite hard-hitting. And, and the episode with that's sort of four or five in, six in maybe, about Steve Carell, where it goes back in time and you see him do all this stuff, is pretty, pretty creepy. Um, to see it, but it's it's quite engaging to watch and quite aw- quite um, awkward at times. Mm. Um, Mark, it's not Studio Mark, sixty at the sort of no, it's series. definitely not. Yeah. Um, sixty Mark, operates from there. Sorry, Mark Duplass is in it as well. He provides not the comedic uh, part of it, but again, he's he's in there as Does uh, he a, lot? a little bit. Yeah, he's in there as Aniston's producer. Jack Davenport's in there as a token male. Who's um, Jennifer Aniston's ex husband? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, which again, a random choice. But again, it's quite um, a good drama with comedic elements, but again, focusing on a very now topic. Ooh. But it's not for everyone. And I think it's the only one of their shows that's actually still getting people watching. I think it got um, renewed as well, didn't it? Good stuff. Stay. Stay. It's me. Your number it's three. It's me. My number three, three is Black Monday. That's a show we all watched. Um, it's a dark comedy set around the time of Black 80s. Monday, which was in the late 80s, I want to say, because it's a very okay. 80s show. Is it late 80s? Was it like 87 or something? The Wall Street Crash. You yeah. make your notes. I'm making Well, your I notes. didn't make very much. I literally wrote down dark comedy, super 80s, very funny. There you go. <laughs> Um, it's got it's Don got Cheedle Don Cheedle in it. Yeah. Um, Paul Shea is good in it. What's her name? Right. Who's great? Who I love? Um, oh, fuck my own brain. She's the one that Key loves. Casey Wilson. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's in she's it. A she's good not that great. She's good. I think you meant the main woman in it. I um, think she's great. I do like the main woman in it. I, I can't say her name Hall, but I could be wrong. 
You could be wrong. I don't know. Um, I'm not, I know. Because she's in quite a few things. So yeah, what's it about then, It's so about it's... some ruthless Wall Street folks doing ruthless Wall Street things around the time of Black Monday, but also with, you know, sort of sexy drugs and rock and roll shenanigans. Well, it's... <laughs> Hall. They're the people, they're the people that caused the... The crash, aren't yeah, they? And yeah. it, it's kind of a countdown leading down to it, and you mm. don't know. It starts off for with Black or... Monday actually occurring, and then goes back and goes, probably a month or yeah. Um, I believe it's been renewed for a second series, but yeah, I'm not sure what that's going to be about. No, not a clue. How that's going to work? Andrew Randall's, I think, is very good in it as well. Um, is they it try and pin the blame on Seth Rogen involved in the writery of it or something? I think he's a producer. Mm. Him and um, is it Evan Goldberg is uh, yes. yeah. Um, um, Ray Rogers in this as well. Did I imagine that? Rancho Sandy, isn't it? Yes, he is. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm he's great. I get it wrong. He's always is great. Is he one him. of the two, like, very comedic, yeah. like, comic relief kind of shenanigans in the background kind of characters? Don't they get um, him involved in a prank thinking he's been arrested for killing for a prostitute? For murdering a prostitute, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just very funny. I liked it a lot. Bruce Dern was very good in it as well. I don't know who that is. You like Don Cheadle's... Um, he was mental. Oh, like, mental is the yeah. word I was looking for. Yeah, he was good. <laughs> Phil, could you pass me my bottle of Rio, please? Because I need a little. Uh, he was dancing on the top. sands there, so I. Um, Rio, yeah, dancing on the sands. Oh. Is that. Are those the lyrics? Yeah. I don't think Her I've name ever is known. Rio, and she dances on the sand. Oh, I thought. Oh, Am I going mad? That's like that river twisting through the dusty land. Yeah. See, now I don't know why, but I didn't think that word was sand. But I don't know what I thought it was. Anyway, okay. Rich, what's your number dos? My numeros dos is I think you should leave with Tim Robinson, <laughs> which is a is surreal. That the full title of the show. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Written by Tim Robinson. It is a surreal sketch show on Netflix. It's only about six episodes. The sketches range from probably two minutes to six minutes. It's a very easy show to watch. It is fucking bonkers. It's so silly. Um, <laughs> my favorite, one of my favorite sketches stars Sam Richardson from um, Veep fame, hosting a baby show or baby contest. Yes. Where he calls one, they all hate one of the babies, and he calls him a fucking piece of shit. Wow. Well, that is the level that you yeah. get to. Don't diddle kids. Yeah. <laughs> so that Frank's little beauty is kind of level. Um, another great one is where. Um, there's a group of people at a, what do you call it? Like a panel, isn't it? There's like a new car that they want to release. Oh, and they're yeah. trying to get like consumer ideas. And there's just a random old guy there insulting everyone. And Tim Robinson has focus a focus group. Focus group. Focus group. That's has an idea. And he just starts insulting him. And then he's like, if you're an idiot or something like that, he's like, you've got to marry your mother-in-law. But then everyone's in on it going, you love your mother-in-law. And it's just, that, that's the level of stupid fucking yeah. comedy. My favourite sketch from it is probably, I don't know if you if it's you agree with me on that. I like that, all of them. Um, is when they're at a birthday party and there's an argument about whether or not sick. somebody washed their hands after they had a shit because somebody else got a bit sick. <laughs> it's, there's like a whole situation like, where people are eating receipts to prove whether or not they washed their hands. It's and they keep talking about a piece of toilet paper yeah. or like a portion or a slice. Yeah. It's so silly. Phil doesn't look like he's no, intrigued at all. I think it's one of those things I have to watch because yeah. it doesn't make sense. It's just because yeah, no, they're doesn't. at a birthday party and he's been, Tim Robinson is being unreasonable. Yeah. But somehow he turns everyone on his side. Yeah. So he eats this receipt. Against this guy Glenn from took, The Walking Dead. Against Glenn from The Walking Dead. <laughs> and then he dies from like poisoning because he, he didn't use a big enough slice of toilet paper to wipe his ass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's very Uh-oh. silly. And there's one go. where like he crashes silly. his car while in a hot dog suit. They tries to blame it on another bloke who's wearing the same colour suit, but it's a normal suit. 
Right. But people start thinking, well, maybe it was. It's that kind of... Oh, it's daft. Yeah. Good. Daft and there's, good. there's not a lot of... Sometimes them. you need a good daft laugh, though, don't I you? I think the first sketch is him trying to pull open a push door until he, like, strains really hard and breaks the door. <laughs> isn't, there, isn't there a great one as well where he's, like, doing, it like, an infomercial for, like, a solicitors or something? He's like, don't you just hate it when you invite a builder to your house and then they come to your toilet and one of them kicks your toilet in while he's doing a shit on it and then once he's done that, he takes you and it goes on it's for, like, so, ten yeah. minutes. <laughs> and so, they laugh at you. <laughs> so okay, stupid. okay. <laughs> and then there's a parody of a Canadian kids, t- like, drama, teen drama. Yeah where they're advertising actual T-shirts that have got a little button on the front that you can pull out, so when it gets a bit bunched up. But it goes on forever. <laughs> it's shit. It's genuinely terrible. Oh, but that's God. why it's funny. Exactly. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the Vanessa Boyer one is good. We should probably not yeah. tell everybody all of them. Just watch, go it. watch it. It's on Netflix. Netflix. There's like six, seven episodes. Cool. So that is my number one stars. I am. Uh, my number two is also a Netflix show, and my number two is Living With Yourself. Is that the one with the Paul Rudd? Paul Rudd. Rudd the I Paul haven't Rudd. watched it yet. Two Paul Rudds. What am I doing? There's two Paul two Rudds. Paul I haven't Rudds. watched it. What's yeah. wrong with me? What's wrong with me? So I'm going to spoil the first episode because ah! I can't talk about There's it otherwise. Two Paul I think the trailer might spoil <laughs> I think it, it did, to be fair. So basically, um, he's working in like advertisement. And what was the name of the, the actor that plays the housemate in You're the Worst? Rich. Oh, Flange. uh, No, I can't can't remember remember. his name. But anyway, um, so one of the... You want to Edgar? Edgar, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if the character name, but no. Um, So basically he works with Paul Rudd, and Paul Rudd's doing really shit at work or whatever. And this guy, his co-worker, says, you know, I was doing really bad at work until I went to the spa, and it's rejuvenated me, and now I'm a top salesman, and I'm doing all this, and I'm having all this sex, and I've got successful stuff. And he's like, here's the business card of of the spa. And so Did Paul Rudd. It's essentially that. Is it the episode of Rick and Morty where they separate from their toxic selves? <laughs> Pretty much, it's that. <laughs> so he goes to a spa um, and then wakes up feeling amazing. Thank you, Petal. But he actually wakes up in a, a grave, a shallow grave. Oh, God. And he gets up, and it turns out that the spa, rather than just cleansing people and doing stuff, they clone them. Mm-hmm. And so all the impurities are out in the original, which they just kill and bury. And Where? then they send the clone out into the world, not knowing they're a clone. So moon. And slash that episode of Rick and Morty. <laughs> slash Total Recall, slash lots of things. They know then, what's going on in Rick and Morty. Though. Only after a bit. Anyway. Um, so the original Paul Rudd, the shit version, um, gets out of this grave. And obviously he was supposed to be dead. But he he goes back home to find his perfect clone in bed with his wife. Oh, no. Um, and shenanigans exist throughout the, the series. Paddy Mulligans. And, the, you know, the actress that plays his wife, who I don't know. I don't know anyone apart from Paul Rudd. It's the Paul <laughs> Rudd show. Paul Rudd with Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd with added Paul Rudd. Um, and she's really good in it. And eventually, obviously, spoiler, she finds out. Mm. And it, it, it's a very good series. Good stuff. I'm definitely going to put that in my eyes. So it's, because... it's slightly sci-fi with a comedic... Ben, I think it only works because it's Paul Rudd. He's a lovable And I think dude. few actors could, could you know, pull it off as mm. well as he does. I'd you know, pull it, him off. <laughs> oh, he's watched Eileen B. Yeah? Desmond, Desmond Borge? Desmond, yeah. I thought it was Desmond. Aaliyah but... Shawcat's in it. Hmm. You've watched it, Phil. I don't remember her being in it. Fuck you. Um, Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> 
I like the sound of that. I'm going to do a watch of it soon, I think. That's what Christmas And the episodes are all like 22 minutes long, 24 minutes long. The longest one's like 32. Can't argue with that. It's good watching. Good watching. And it's definitely going to have a second season. Because you get cloned again. Three poor rods. Imagine Mm. that. Gasp. I'm not going to spoil it. It's as good as his last Netflix thing, Mute. (laughs) I like that. It was fine. It was average. It was, yeah, it was perfectly acceptable. Do you want to hear about my number two? <laughs> okay. Do ya? Okay. It stinks. Is your number two a Netflix one as well? It is. It's Russian Doll. <gasps> Good. Good stuff. Good. Now, I will be completely honest and say that we watched this back in like fucking January or some shit. It so was February, March. Still this year. Yeah. yeah, so, but I've, and I think I've forgotten, the, I've forgotten the majority of it except that it's a woman who's groundhog day in the shit out of her entire life. But she twigs on a lot these quicker than Oh, yeah. Her. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Bill Murray. Yeah, and it's so. Phil. I've forgotten Milbury? her name. I want to say it's Natasha Phil something, Milbury. and she was in American Natasha Pie. something. Yeah, what's her surname? Help me out. Natasha. Well, begins with Edinfield. an L. Lubilu. Yeah, Natasha Lubilu. It took me a while to work out she was one out of American Pie. Yeah. Um, first of all, well. first of mm. all, she's fucking hot in this. Like, mm. God. Every opening sequence awesome. where she's staring in the mirror, I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm surprised that song that's constantly played in it isn't Wings. I genuinely thought that was Wings. I say it's like Paul McCartney. Yeah, it does. Um, but it's a very interesting the sort of... The name's Natasha Latasha. Natasha Leo... Natasha. Leo, 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 it's very good. It's, uh, it takes a premise that has been done before but makes it a bit more sassy and the ending is pretty cracking i don't want to spoil it even though it's kind of old and it it really caught my attention i was i think we watched it pretty quickly didn't we, we watched it, didn't, it in one day yeah <laughs> um i like in the half hour eight snorted it up like yeah. yeah i like the many deaths yeah it's oh when she kind of just keep, keeps on just dying. loses a rag um yeah it's uh it's great it's really great she's fantastic in it and uh, and I would wholeheartedly recommend it to all the folks what haven't seen it. Yep, it is good. All the people. All the so many so people. So many. Is that by pavement? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your number one? My number child? one is the Danny McBride created show, The Righteous Gemstones. Mm, certainly a program. Starring Danny McBride, Anne Devine, Eddie Patterson, John, God- John Goodman, Walton Goggins. It's got Walton Goggins in it today. It's it has got Walton Goggins in it. It's going to win a lot of it. my goodwill. It's strange. I mean, yeah, it's about an evangelical... Oh, fucking fucking hell. hell. Why would you try a to religious. say that after some multiple? <laughs> I don't know why you did A very, try. like, fundamental Christian preachery style who own megachurches. Family. Um, who's the mother of yeah. the matriarch of the family died a few years ago. And then in this, Danny McBride, he's, like, thinking he's going to take over from his dad at some point. And then he gets bribed from someone's got a tape of him with hookers in his hotel room. <laughs> And it goes from there. Um, if you've watched East Bend and Down and uh, Vice Principals, it's a very similar tone, mm. but much better than both. Oh, see, I watched one and a half episodes. I just couldn't get into it. You're and I a fucking love idiot. All those actors. When Goggins really kicks in in this as well, he becomes such a horrible, vile piece of shit. It's amazing. I mean, when he was younger, he used to clog for Jesus. I mean, how can you not love this? I mean, John Goodman is John Goodman in it. You know what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, Adam Devine, when he does well in this, he's fucking perfectly cast. But there are times you go, I can take oh, he can't act. Like, yeah. it's, it's a little bit. Edie Patterson's as good as she was in Vice Principles. But um, 
Yeah, it's just fucking great. Yeah. I just think I don't know if it's the subject matter or what, but it just didn't join with like me Vice when Principal I tried to either. watch it. I want, no, but but I found a lot more funny in Vice Principals. I didn't like it overall, but there were a lot, a lot of Jim bits Stone's that was I was a like, there's <laughs> a lot less of a comedy than Vice Principals. Yeah. And I think there are too many bits where you get to see full performances of people singing songs about Jesus. It happens twice, I think. Yeah, but the, it's That's like too, the too two many. episodes I've watched. And you I've see a watched. guy hang dong. I, do, I mean, you've got to well, look at some top five. Kate you see his shirt cocking it at one point. Shirt cocking it. Um, yeah, it wasn't for me. But I can see I can see why you would love it. I can see why no one wouldn't love it. You're it all is, it fucking is a cunt. Well, yes. Sure. But, hey. Better than Watchmen. Tie. Tie. Unless the unless the final year. episode of Watchmen is straight up tootly garbage, then uh, no. Well, well, we haven't got any more to say on TV, have we? Because no. we've already done it. Yeah. <laughs> so let's have a break. Mosey on down to tinking our wine. Mold wine break. Cheers. Imagine <laughs> <coughs> oh. if you got a chunk of star anise in that then. That was very cinnamony, I've got to say. There's not a lot of cinnamon in it. It's mostly star and And a lot of onion. You know, we eat that onion in a bit. Onion. Orange. What is wrong with you? Did you make a stew? Imagine if I sliced a onion. Sliced a onion and put it in the mulled wine. We're all like, this is fucking lovely. Movies? Yeah, so. Let's talk about I believe Stacey has to go first, in it? Yes. I do. My number. Now, my number five. My top five is full of superhero films. <laughs> like real film stays. But here's the thing. Disney right? are ruining everything. Wow, I'm an internet wanker. I don't want to be that guy who has to like justify themselves, don't do but it. I will don't say do it. Don't no, I, I just want to say no. I just want to say I do like a lot of like what people would, you know, in inverted commas call proper movies. Well that's but, a lie, because you don't love cop car. <laughs> yeah. But cop, like the cop, thing for me cop. is that Predominantly throughout this year, I've been in a bit of a mood. Not a list of the best made films. And so, yeah, and so these the are the best. movies that have made me feel the goodest when I've come Hot out of the cinema. Pop, the best. I've come out of the cinema and I'm like, yeah, I had a good, jolly good time there. So my number five was Shazam. <laughs> Shazam was Which a lot is, of fun. It's my number nine. It's hella fucking fun. Zachary Levi is a handsome, handsome man. Well, uh, the casting's, block for me. casting's great. The effects aren't terrible. Effects uh, are pretty good for some of them are yeah, a bit I think ropey, the but... sins are very generic, but I yeah. think that's how they don't look bad. Yeah. Um easier to replicate. You know, the big bad is kind of predictable, but I don't think I cared because it's just such a fun like it's so happy to revel in superhero comic bookiness. Yeah. That I was just like, I love this. And it's exactly what DC needed. Yeah. Yes. It's a very contrast yeah. to the rest of them and you can tell why it's not in the same universe. But it never goes for Marvel that. either. Like it doesn't try and just be a Marvel film. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, I loved it. I thought it was a jolly spiffing cinema time. Spiffing. Yeah. Spiffing. It's a good word. Which way round do you want to go this time? To I don't care. Philip. I am. Uh, my number seven. We know. For all intents and purposes, my number's five. Well, yeah, technically Shazam was my six, but... What are the rules? What are the rules? I want to follow the rules. Uh, I want to say number... the N-word. Wow. <laughs> you don't I do definitely that. don't. Uh, my number five is Good Boys. Oh, I like that a lot. It's funny. Um, it made me so laugh. Good Boys was a comedy directed by um, Gene Stupninsky. That's a good name. Um, I'm pretty sure, was it um, produced by Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg? Definitely, definitely Seth Rogen, yeah. Um, and it's, I'm going to put the comparisons to like super bad, but they're like 
but cuter. Six years younger. Yeah, they're like 11, 12 maybe. Um, so it's a bunch of uh, three boys on the cusp of being teenagers embarking on a puberty <laughs> puberty <laughs> train wreck quest kind of thing and, and doing lots of things to avoid getting out of trouble and having lots of firsts. I don't think it ever goes full, like, um, stereotypical, like, teen thing mm. with them. There's never really, like, a proper bully or a villain or anyone in, like... Well, there is a bully, but he's no, kind but they of bully him, like, it, They like bully the, everyone. Like, like yeah, that one bully insults one of the kids, but his mates just fucking destroy him back. Like, it's not like he goes home and cries. Mm. And just that one bit when the he replies to the bully, oh, everyone knows your mum played right the cookbook, is the best <laughs> fucking funniest line of the year. That is good. And just... That there's scenes when I don't want to say that the main boy out of the three gets a girlfriend, mm. and that just leads to some some great scenes in a very short space of time. <laughs> um, and it's got is it? Uh, well, I say is it? I'm looking. Um, Midori Francis and Molly Gordon are as the the two girls that are slightly older than yeah. them. That kind of Who they accidentally say, steal the drugs off. Yes. Yeah. So again, it descends into that, and they're quite good. And uh, it's Will Forte, his dad. Yes, I like Will Forte. But yeah, it's it's a very. I thought it would just be a stupid, stupid comedy that was just shit. But it's a stupid comedy that's actually very, very funny. funny. Yeah. And they're at the, the child actors didn't annoy me, which oh, is God, always well, they good. Were great. They, yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't remember what the one kid's called, but he was also in uh, Last Man on Earth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, which was getting really cross at me because I kept going, where do I know that kid from? And he went, the room, you fucking idiot. And I was like, oh, no, it's Predator that I recognised him from. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> Dope. That would have been the last place you saw him. But, but I, I, don't, I didn't think I'd go into this thinking he would be hilarious considering the other stuff I've seen him in. Yeah. And I was like, I know he's fucking funny as shit. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that too. Yeah. It's your Stace. turn. Stace just picked hers. Yeah, it's his turn. Eighth Grade is my number five film of the year, written and directed by Bo Burnham, who wanted to write a film about um, his experiences as a when he was in eighth grade, but realised there's a lot of films about when boys were in eighth grade, so written about a girl and actually asked um, Elsie Fisher, who's the main actress in it, I asked her for help as to what kids actually do nowadays, because she was, I think, 13, maybe 14 when it was made. Um, yeah, it's about yeah, a girl who's not entirely a misfit at school, but not popular in a long mm. shot. And he's just confused about life and growing up. And it's kind of a comedy, but also very, like... Coming of age and Coming of age more than anything else, yeah. And she's fucking great in it. Again, considering 13-year-old, never reacted anything before, I think she's really fucking good and got the right amount of vulnerability and stupidity that you have at that age. Um, She definitely came across as very convincing with everything she did, you know, the good and the bad. And I like that they had... There was stuff that they were doing... I was like, oh, no one does this. And then when I was reading stuff, interviews with Bob Burton, he was like, no, I was told by all the kids that this is how kids. Because he'd started off by going, oh, they'll all communicate by Facebook. And they're like, no, we don't. So we have Instagram Messenger, which is weird to me and you. Like, why would you use Instagram as your moment? But they all fucking, weird things like that. And yeah, I think like she, she offers at one point to give a, a boy in her school a blowjob and then goes home and Googles what it actually is and he's <laughs> fucking YouTube, disgusted. Yeah, What to do, <laughs> how to blow job. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, that, that age you hear these words and you assume everyone online knows everything and you go, oh, you know, being a kid is fucking sucks no matter what. And just the way she, you in. she portrays things of her videos. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's a very obviously real subject matter kind of Yeah, thing. trying to be on YouTube and probably getting eight people watching you and but, but being a different person is, uh, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it was my number 10. 
I don't know if it's come nearing full-on midlife crisis that I'm enjoying more films about. Oh, I remember when you had problems as a kid. <coughs> they weren't. Yeah. They weren't like it hurts to get up. You know? <laughs> Is this death? They were like, oh, the world sucks. Everyone hates me, and then you over it the day after. Now I'm like, this pain's not going away in a month. I should probably do something about this. Stace. Hello. Your number four. My number four is Captain Marvel. Now, I know Rich's feelings on this. I genuinely enjoyed this film, but it is just an above-average Marvel film. Yeah, like I wrote down, it is very Marvel. Like, it's so Marvel. I know it means a lot. Yeah, I think that was the thing for me, is that it's the first time, because I think Marvel has done actually a really huge disservice to Black Widow and to Scarlet Witch. I mean, are there any other ladies? Uh, uh, I mean, the Black Panther women are pretty, wife. pretty boss. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think to finally see a Marvel film where there's a woman in the main role and she's boss, but she's also vulnerable, but she's also funny, and it's yeah, it was it was a good. Uh, it was a good thing for me to watch at the time. Why it's right, man. Why, why are men the problem? Um, I did a I whole episode. Read more men Marvel films. Men, 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 men. men. Manly, I, uh, man, men. <laughs> I did. I did do a whole episode on it. So if you care about my thoughts more in depth than that, go listen to episode ninety-one. But it, yeah, overall, I just thought it was like when I was watching it, it felt important to me. If that makes sense. Like when I was watching Wonder Woman, I had a little cry at that because I was like, oh, I didn't realise like quite how much I needed to see a total badass female superhero person just rocking the shit out of life, but also not being like super perfect. And it's got some pretty good 90s soundtrackage happening. <laughs> Rich looks. You didn't really feel the 90s through the same veil as me. I think no. the, the, the 90s soundtrack in this gives the film a disservice. Oh, really? It's too, it's too yeah. obvious and bullshit. There was a lot Probably of. Probably like, 90s night and they play the same eight fucking songs. Yeah. Yeah. There, was, there was one song that annoyed me in it, and that was when they played Only Happy When It Rains when she's driving through the desert on a motorbike. I hated just a girl. It's incongruous to the film, and also it was very much like a who's a 90s band with a lady in it. Like, also, I mean, the 90s, just, just a girl was not a big, like, female impairment anthem. Mm. It wasn't Bikini Kill or L7 or fucking Slater Kinney. No, they went with Just a Girl, which is just a pop song. that No one actually gives much of a fuck about it no yeah, until Don't Speak to it either. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's like, oh, girl power. And I might as well play Wannabe. Right. Thank you. I'd, I'd say I, I enjoyed it. it was yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Brie Larson's great in it. Yeah. Um, She's great. Samuel's great in it. I think I, it was yeah. Coulson's face freaks me out. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was not great. It'd be my number twenty-five. Oh, so yeah, but out of like eighty or something. Yeah, yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah, so yeah. That's not it's bad. Definitely in the top half. I enjoyed what's his face in it. Um, the Australian guy. Oh, me ben too. Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn, yes. yeah. Actually, unleashing his full yeah. Aussie for yeah, the first yeah. time. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, and him playing like full on straight when he's a human. Uh, is he part of the? Is he part of in it or got become shield? I can't remember. <laughs> Because like he's in it as like a it. human, isn't he as well? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I do enjoy it. We've got our Marvel rewatch on the go. We've got I think, Ant Man and the Wasp and then Marvel again. again. So I'm looking forward to it. Phil, which one? Me. <laughs> I've lost track of my life. <laughs> so my number four, four, which is my number six, is Daniel isn't real. Yeah, Phil, I like this. I like it clearly. I like it. I think <laughs> no, you can shut up because you didn't like it enough. Oh. <laughs> I think you liked it slightly more than me, Stace, and you liked it slightly less than me, Rich. Yes. Um, but somehow it's not on my list. <laughs> it was to start with, I don't know. Um, so it's about 
a troubled college freshman called Luke, um, who has Kim Robin and Susan Sarandonson, I think. Is the actor? I did not know that. And um, Miles Robin. Yeah. Basically, has uh, an imaginary friend. Yes. Um, as a way of a coping mechanism to a childhood trauma. Um, Which happens in the first half a second. Yeah, this there, there, yeah there's no build-up, there's no lead-in. It, it goes straight in for the weirdness and the darkness. Yeah, when it um, started, it was in, already insane. I'm like, is that Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> um, but as a child, after this event, he manages to lock the imaginary friend Daniel away, because Daniel isn't real. And then something happens to him much later in life and the child, the imaginary friend comes back and obviously the imaginary friend has aged with him and there's a, a definite descent into madness mm. and trauma. And, and trippy body horror. Yes, there's lots of <laughs> lots of really good body. Really well done for such a small, small yeah. budget film. film. As well. um, you know, you think uh, American Werewolf kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's the same sort of stuff that I think we mentioned last Imagine year. Imagine if you in, had stalactites for a face. In like, you know, in Immortal Hulk. And yes. The kind of... I say body horror that's uh, merging in that. Um, and obviously I won't go into too much spoilers about what Daniel does and why Daniel does it. Um, but for me, it's it, it was just a really good, you know, 96 minutes. It's a I'd, really I'd good the short last horror third film. as well descends into what I'd wish a Hellraiser sequel would have been. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, it's like I'm a big fan of Fight Club, but more for the Fincher and the scenes and the cinematography. Yeah. Whereas really in the actual book, it is kind of, it's a bit... What's the word? Um, preacher. Preachy and, Hardly. you know, how hard it is to be a male kind of thing. and Which is know. the message that a lot of fans of Fight Club took out of it. Yeah. Um, whereas this, it kind of deals with the alter ego and the imaginary friends and the the body takeover and switches a lot better in a lot and I, more I think as well, like, the first half hour maybe in 40 minutes of this, even though there's a couple of, like, murders or horrible bit, you wouldn't necessarily assume it was a horror film. No. And then all of a sudden... it. Yeah, you in the face. Yeah. yeah, so it, it's yeah, it's a really nice kind of snapshot of depression and and trauma and horror. The crazy way that the mind sometimes deals with things. Yep, yep. Um, Coping mechanisms. Yeah. Um, and again, for for a small budget, in there's not many scenes and locations, but the the graphics and the shots are great. Yeah, I liked it a lot. My problem with this is Patrick Schwarzenegger who plays Daniel. He looks like Donald Trump Jr. And he does acting, look a bit like Donald Trump. fucking appalling at I don't now, think he's bad at now, all. Now, it's literally like cringeworthy. It's like when someone won a contest to be in a film. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know if it was so. that. I thought it was kind of wooden on purpose to an extent, but mm. clearly not. I'm not, uh, I'm not convinced. Oh, I, I loved one. it. That's one. You? My number is number four, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Number four movie of the year is um, Bliss, directed and written by Joe Begos, starring um, Dory Madison. This is fucking weird as shit. Like, I don't know who I could recommend it to. Mm. I think it's a vampire film. Yeah. It's also an art film. It's yeah. also an art his film. It's also a film about creativity and you're mad. It's also pretentious as fuck. And it doesn't care if you don't enjoy it or not. It's quite visceral and gory out of nowhere. And then, yeah, so like um, the main character, Daisy, is a... Uh, one of these annoying New York loft artists who's struggling for inspiration. So takes a fuck ton of cocaine on a night out and then thinks turn into a vampire. <laughs> not sure what's real and what's not. There's a bit of like vampire's kiss about this, except without Nick Cage. Um, so, you know, pff, swings and roundabouts. 
so yeah, like if if you struggle with films that are all not trying to give you any answers whatsoever and just trying to go look how fucking weird what can be, don't watch this. But if you want to watch Norm out of them cheers get murdered by a young woman, watch this. <laughs> but I think, you know, for a pretentious art house horror with shit ton of neon, I should have loved it, but it was just yeah. I think we're like the three ranges of uh, enjoyment to this movie because Rich loved it. Phil was like, yeah, Two whatever. And, and I was like, no, absolutely not. I think it was all style over substance. Had Usually I like that. I think had a lot more substance to... than Daniel isn't real. Oh, no, no, I don't think yeah. so at all. I, I, I can see the, the similarities between the two, but I think Daniel isn't real did it better. Yeah, personally. me too. Yeah. I thought Bliss was just a bunch of unlikable people doing unlikable shit for an hour and a half. That is what I'm known as every <laughs> film I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Apart from um, planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't for me. It's, it's not for you, car. Stace. It's not for you. It's not Stace. for you. It has some really good gore in it and a good oh, fight scene. Absolutely. Yeah, the yeah. final painting is shit, man. Fuck off. Get to fuck with that artwork. It's not about do final some better piece. art. It's, it's about, like you, it's you, about the doing. Your opinion of art is wrong. Oh, I've got many opinions on art, and they probably are wrong. Subjective. Yeah, boy. So, Stace, your number three. My number three. We only saw it last week. It's Knives Out, baby. Knives Out for the lads. It's not called Knives Out, baby. It's just called Knives Out. It's by the guy who directed the Star Wars that no one likes. Except uh, you us. mean the best Star Wars? I like that Star Wars. I like it. Me too. I think it's um, the best one. I like how I said I so like that cool. Star Wars and then agreed with you when you said you liked it as though nobody had heard me say I liked it. I wasn't sure what to expect from okay, this. Okay, Scott, his name is Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. No, I wrote it down. I just hadn't said Lupa. it. I wasn't sure what to expect of this because... I thought there'd be some knives out. I saw, I saw the trailer and I thought, this looks ridiculous. What is that accent that Daniel Craig's doing? This is going to be terrible. And then I watched it and I was like, well, this is... Completely awesome. It's um, it's very smart. It's very funny. It's very well written. Everybody's funny, really good funny. in it. So funny. And uh, Daniel Craig's accent didn't bother me as much after it had sort of been. No, because he's fully committed to it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's full on just his voice. But it does lead to the worst joke in the history. No, I love of that joke. It year. made me really laugh. CSI KFC. Oh. It's <laughs> <laughs> really funny. Um, it's a. Uh, it's kind of like. Clue, clue, but also not it's because not you know clue. you know no. who done you know who done it as an audience fairly early on actually. Yes, um, uh, you don't. Well, it's a bit half, does. but it's a bit just less than halfway through, isn't it? You, you don't, don't know for a fact. You suspect. Well, what you know throughout the film is wrong at the end. Well, I suppose. Well, yeah. Did you watch it? I did, yeah. Yeah, I thought Daniel Craig was wonderful in it. And I've not particularly been a huge fan of stuff that he's been in. you're an idiot. He's actually very good in a lot. He's just in a lot of shit. He just pouts all the time. I can't accept it. That's not even pouting. Um, (laughs) And no one can actually hear that. (laughs) Yeah, no one can see or hear any of that. But Anna de de Armas. Yep. Yeah. She's fucking... Somebody give her an award. Because she's the tits in this film. And so is Don Johnson. Acting the shit out of everything. Don Johnson is very good in this film. Chris Evans. I love Chris Evans. Chris Evans is very Chris Evans in anyway. this film. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but he's very Chris um, Evans in this Like film. in uh, Scott Pilgrim, Chris yeah. Evans. <laughs> but it's it's essentially about a sort of like family of misfits who uh, the, the dad of the family dies in mysterious circumstances and it becomes a bit of a sort of whodunit in his mansion. Yeah, so it's very Clue. But it's, it, I don't think it's as like sort of, what's the word I'm looking for, like haphazard as Clue or like... Well, Clue is an absolute farce, like literally yeah. a farce. Like. Yeah, whereas this is a bit more sort of... 
Instead of full on him, didn't it? I mean, Lakeith yeah. Stanfield, great. In it as well. Yeah, he's, he's really good. Yeah, and I think I think the reason I like this so much as well because, was because I went in not expecting an awful lot. So it really like, I was like, oh. I went in knowing nothing apart from the trailer, which I tried to ignore when we showed it saw, at the cinema. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to. When someone goes, oh, this is a great who done it. I'm like, well, I'm done reading about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the face? Jamie Lee Curtis. Good. She's good in everything. She's re- very good. Yeah, I would. As is um, what's his name, Michael <sighs> Zod. What's his name? <laughs> Shannon. Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. And Michael Sheen stuck in my head, and I he thought, was Zod, wasn't he? That'll be a different definitely film. Definitely not. Yeah, I mean, I'd enjoy it probably still. Um, but yeah, Michael Shannon's good. Yeah, the whole and the I think as well the the way it's filmed is really clever too. Like the whole film is very sort of like you, you kind of see every nook and cranny in that house, and you yeah. get to sort of you know, detective around it yourself kind of thing. It's uh, There's a lot of throwback lines which become not necessarily important later yeah. on, but mm-hmm. reused. But there's a lot of little like, touches, like when, when the first interview people and Daniel Craig is supposedly randomly hitting the piano. He's doing yeah. it the same question every time to make sure Lakeith presses that question. Yeah. Because he's like, this is the important bit, mm. which you don't pick up till later on. And you go, oh, hang on. He's not just stupid. Yeah. And he does know weird. what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, I really loved it. Yeah, I thought it was great. It's just when I saw the trailer for Bond, like No Time to Die, and I was like, oh, that's Daniel Craig not giving a fuck. Just after I've seen a film of him really giving a fuck. <laughs> Why doesn't he just not do a Bond then? If he contracted to dollar bills. If he decided not to do it, they'd stop him making films that he did. Can they do that? Yes. Oh, well. <laughs> Hollywood blows Or sue the fuck out of him. Who's Phil? To me. Uh, my number three, which is my number four, um, is Marriage Story. I haven't watched this because Rich showed me a smidgen of the trailer on Netflix and uh, and I went, no. Nah. Wow. Don't think that's for me. <laughs> I can't imagine. The only Noah Baumbach film you saw was that box so. Ben Stiller, he's like staying at a friend's house. It, you know what, I don't matter. Film. But, um, it's just a really hard-hitting film about... Devastating. Devastating about a marriage breaking up. And while I haven't obviously had a marriage break up, I've had relationships break up and it's just... You can Is just. It a mood? <laughs> it, it's definitely a mood, and it's very hard hitting and emotional. And I think because it starts with them already deciding they're splitting up, so you don't see the, the deterioration. Out, like, Do you, you don't see the good bits of the no, marriage. You don't even see the bad bits. It's already out, like the first scene is them in um, therapy discussing how they're going to handle it, and then within like is it the first twenty thirty minutes she actually files for divorce. Like it's very quick, and then. It, but it's yeah, and they're. Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, and they're they're really good in it. Um, and Laura Dern's in it, and she's amazing in her scenes. She absolutely steals those. Scarlett Johansson dressed as Bowie is apparently my my new. Oh, she did not do it for me. Yeah, slightest. I've seen. Yeah, I don't think she pulled it off. Too much fake tan. I like her generally though. But Com- comparing the too much to Angelina Anderson was um, Bowie, uh, and that she so killed fit. it more. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. So <laughs> but yeah, so obviously the married couple who. Uh, a director and an actor, uh, and they have a child, um, and so it's obviously it's it's something that happens a lot, especially in in modern day working life, and it's very hard hitting, very mm. emotional, but it doesn't have a typical cheesy Hollywood ending. It also, I think, starts off a lot where you feel like he's been framed as the hero, but I think towards the end it balances the whole thing. Yeah, out. there is no wrong person. It's just two people. Because it just... is, yeah, it's based on Noah Baumbach's uh, divorce from Jennifer Jason Lee. so I was scared <sighs> at the end of it it would be 
fuck, he's like, she's the cunt. And I'd, yeah. I think I'd have hated the film. Mm. It's, it's clearly him trying to deal with that. Yeah. Is Adam Driver good? Adam I Driver is insanely good. Very good. He's good in every film. Easily. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have to be great in every film, but like he's good in every film. Uh, Why do you like what? I don't like him in the Star Wars films. I do. He's one of the best things in them. <laughs> I like him in the Star Wars films. I wasn't keen on him in The Dead Don't Die. Oh, that film was great. And he was that great that in it. That film was all right and he was fine. <laughs> um, he got through Bill Murray not giving a fuck. <laughs> but the, the, the only bits in, in this that I cringed at were the two bits where the, they have like musical numbers where they start singing songs and stuff. Like, I didn't mind that. This wasn't needed. Bit but, weird. No, but they're supposed to be singing in it. Like, it's not a musical. Like, not like it's when I like a karaoke. started to watch the Playmobil film and I went, this is a musical. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, like there's the, the, with, with her like they're at a party Excuse and they're doing me. the blatant family bit and then he just sings a, a weird up fucking posh karaoke. He sings a sometime song. Oh. It's a bit weird, but I can deal with it. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, a very emotive yeah. film. And Martha Kelly's in it. Well done. I mean, maybe I'll Martha give it a Kelly's whirl. But, like, Rich didn't sell it to me when he told me about it because he was like, nothing really happens. It's just a relationship that breaks down. Yeah, but nothing like, happens oh. in any film. It's not real. <laughs> Things happen in films. <laughs> Rich. Speaking of, what's your number three? I've got your number, son. He's got to unlock his phone. My number three is Midsommar. <sighs> That's another one, not for me. Um, <laughs> but Ari Aster's follow-up to Her Head Hit a Tree. Her Head Hit a Tree. <laughs> That's what it was called. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't even a tree, was it? Uh, like no, a it was like a, part. yeah, it was like a, yeah. Spoilers for Hereditary, I think. Yeah, stars uh, Florence Pugh and Jack Rayner, he's a boyfriend. So Jack Rayner's a bit of a pretentious bellend and all his uni mates are bellends. And um, they decide to go to Sweden to view the Midsummer Festival. Festival. Um, so she tags along, even though he blatantly wants to dump her and all her mates don't like her. She doesn't really know this and he's too much of a coward to do anything about it. So they go to this little village in Sweden to see what happens, and then it gets fucked up. Yeah. See, no, go on. You talk about because it it's your. No, go on. I was going to st- say. Spoke all over everything else. I have. So <laughs> um, the the thing that bothered, I think, oh, I don't know whether my expectations were set up badly for this, because a load of people had said to me, "It's like fucking hereditary, but up to eleven, it's fucking bananas. The whole thing's banana. It's so slow paced for a spooky spook movie. Hereditary was slow paced, and then it, it was. Went bad. It was, but everybody was like, imagine if it was if hereditary was like a thousand percent. Well, yeah, because hereditary was bad, and this is great. <laughs> Disagree with um, that. No, insane. And I just, I felt, yeah, I felt like I was watching it and I was like, when do things happen? All the time. All <laughs> the time. All the time, Chase. Not all the time. They spend but, a good, like, four minutes just crying on the floor in one bit. I think that's... Come on now. That's, that's but, a great... Yeah. What's wrong with you? It, it, it was my number five. Um, there's moments where it's genuinely unsettling. Yeah. It's creepy as fucking fuck. Oh, I didn't get um, it at all. But, you know, when you start Pokemon Go, when you're watching the film, you miss the good bits there. Yeah, but, but um, I only usually do that when I'm already bored. But that's bullshit. And, you know, there, there are bits where it was a bit predictable and dragged out. I, I can see what you're saying it with that. Slow. But But beautifully shot and even well acted. I'll give you that. I'll give you that it's beautiful. Pure, like, just... I think the week before I watched this, I watched Fighting With My Family starring Florence Pierre. So I thought she's not going to be great in this and yeah. she really fucking is. Yeah, the, I do want a dress of flowers. The, the, the cinematography and the colour and the shots and the angles were amazing and the audio, the audio was up there as it just descends. And I kind of wish I went into this not knowing it was a horror because when it turns, it's a good hour in. Yeah, yeah. But and I think that would like be like, hang on, what the fuck? 
yeah, I think obviously knowing who's, who it's directed by and seeing yeah. Hereditary, you know where it's going to go. But I, I enjoyed Hereditary. I can understand why you didn't. But I because think this, the last 20 minutes whatever, is this, this generic does it, nonsense. You, right, so this does it a lot better and isn't generic. No. Nope. Um, you can see bits of it coming. Kind of. I think what I like about this is the trailers that I saw, and I saw a few of them because they were on in front of fucking nearly everything at one point. They're kind of a misdirect. Yep. You think something else is going to be the problem or someone else, and yep. you, don't, you don't actually know what the fucking plot is and what they will turn against them or what happens at the end of the Midsummer Festival at all. And then just the, the, the way it ends and the decision that's made, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't get it because she's, you know. I am a thicko. Wow. I like I like movies for idiots. <laughs> So what's your movie? Movie for idiot number two is uh, Avengers Endgame. Boo. Don't boo earns me. You it's thought the it worst was the film of the decade. That website that's rated five thousand eight hundred films from this decade has rated it as the worst one. So that so must be true. I don't, I don't They're not understand. just doing it for the clicks. I don't understand. Is it so Scorsese's personal website. Oh, I can't believe what the fuck it was. <laughs> um, Suspiria was in there as well, like in the bottom ten of the decade. Still a shoot. The three of us saw this as a midnight screening and then the next day done a podcast We've about done a whole episode it. So go and have a listen to episode 92. It was my uh, number one. Yeah, it's it's a film <coughs> that was, uh, I don't know, like I was looking forward to it but also a bit trepidatious because mm. I was like, oh, God, you know, Infinity War was great and what's going to happen and, and blah, blah, blah. I was surprised how well Infinity War was, went down. Sorry, it just tickles me that you just had a go at me for talking over me and then... That talking over you, and then you just talk right over me. Yeah, because I had a point to make that is related to it. Because <laughs> um, Infinity War was so great, and like, but also at the same time, it was like the culmination of like a fucking decade's worth of films. So it's at the same time, it was like, oh god, you know, is it is this going to be like a big scary ending, and who's going to die because people have to die, and and it was all bubbly anticipation. And I was actually a bit nervous that it wasn't going to live up to those expectations. Yeah, I get that. Um, but then um, we we went to see a film at midnight, and I didn't even close to nod off once because I was kind of fucking riveted. Yes, you did. I didn't. Not even a bit. You had. And an then hour we and got. <laughs> and then we got stuck outside for like an hour and a half trying to get a fucking taxi. Um, um, I just think for me, it's it's the culmination of you know whatever it was. Is it nineteen films or am I adding twenty one? Twenty one. And it was just so emotive. Maybe, you know, had it been the first film, obviously it wouldn't make sense, but it wouldn't have been as hard hitting, but it was a proper mm. emotional I mean, People that review it, it's like, if you, if you went to this, not seeing the others, I was like, well, why would you? Why yeah. Would you? yeah, it's yeah. like it's like trying to watch the it's final like episode finale. of a season three of something and going, I don't get it. Yeah. yeah. If it were, can I go in just seeing, like, if I watch Infinity War? Like, no. No. What's the point? No. Well, the I thing- did tell people, sorry, they could avoid Thor 2. And then after I watched it, it went, no, 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 no you need to, no, actually, you need to watch that. The, uh, the thing that I really liked about it was that it didn't do what a lot of people have been theorising because obviously when you get like half of a story like Infinity War, there was a lot of like theories getting thrown around on the internet. I was not expecting a let's jump five years into the future and then let's not undo I was not expecting to kill Thanos in the first 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that either. I wasn't expecting them to start with actually making me feel something for Hawkeye. <laughs> Like it just That's it, the first time I've been in the cinema where like when his whole family disappeared, <laughs> people were like fucking geez, harsh man. <laughs> damn. And that's before the credits. Yeah. Um and I just think it was a really great way to round up that sort of phase of the movies. I think the thing is like there's a lot of issues with this as a film, but like you said, what it stands for and what it means 
Yeah. Is so far yeah. supersedes that. It's. I don't think great. there are that many issues there are. with it's it. It's definitely my number one, probably of the decade. For, wow. For for that reason, mm. but because it's it's essentially a combination from since Iron Man one. Yeah. But yeah. So my number like one. Brilliant. Twelve years. Fairly. Yeah. Mental. Something like that. Philippe. So my number two, which is my number three, is Beats. I've not even heard of this. So Should this Beats. be your number three? Huh? Huh? Have I gone mad? No, this is no, my number, is number two. two. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. This so, yeah. Uh, so Beats is set in 1994 in a small town in Scotland. Um, about two friends, um, very different sort of uh, classes and social classes. Um, and they are on the cusp of adulthood, obviously being teenagers, and I'm not using the word cusp because I can read it. Um, <laughs> and they basically find common ground in pirate radio and they go oh. to an illegal rave together. And this it's is actually all about Phil's real life, but it got moved to Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not quite. Um, but yeah, so for me, it's a very, it's something that I was not a part of because that makes it sound but it's it's something that I at that age again listening to the, the music and uh, the, the songs and the soundtrack and going to similar sort of events um, it definitely hits that nostalgia factor but it's also got that that thing about warring class factors and about so the the two kids one of them is um, you know the kid from the wrong side of the tracks that lives just with his brother who's uh, a drug dealer and he lives in a council estate kind of thing. And the other one is kind of a working class child whose mother is now dating a policeman. So he kind of expects more from this child and they forbid him from seeing the bad child. Um, and it's it's got all that social boundaries and social mm. class set in that 1990s rave scene. Um, and how about music is the connection and... The, the effect that music can have and bring people together. And it it kind of, you know, it, it's a, if you've seen Human Traffic, it's got similar sort of things to that. Say, is but, it similar to Human But Traffic? this is, there's no comedy in it. There are some tragic parts to it. Uh, this is full on drama, but you can believe that it happens, especially in sort of, you know, less well-off places like mm. areas of Scotland. So, so yeah, so for me, it was a real nostalgia trip, and but it was really well done. It wasn't pandering. It wasn't pulling just on pure nostalgia yeah. kind of thing. Nice. You saw the trailer for So it, Beats. Did I? I don't remember seeing it. Not to be confused with the film on Netflix called Beats, which is very different and nothing to do with <laughs> English Beats or Scottish Beats, British Beats. People. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure it's got something to do with music, but it's, it's just like not the same thing. Oh, what was it called? Split come out and people yeah, in the bowling film. In a bowling film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So don't search for Beats on Netflix, but if you're in America, it might be on Amazon. Might be called Beats International in America. <laughs> That'd be good to me. Ah, <laughs> uh, Richard. Yeah. Dos. Dos what? Dos film. Dos film. Uh, my number two film of the year, I believe, come out in 2018 in America. Um, it is Yorgos Lanthimos's The Favorite. Where Olivia Coleman plays Queen Anne and her favourite, aka her girlfriend, is Retro Voice, and Emma Stone appears and tries to become the new favourite. It's surreal as fuck, even though it's based on a real story. <laughs> it really is. Um, it kind of jumps from one, like, it'll just miss stretches out because it doesn't suit the narrative. Um, Queen Anne is played up as a petulant little child, which is probably quite accurate. To be fair, but if you've seen any of Yorgos' other films, um, not to be a lobster, it's a very similar tone to that. 
uh, Liva Coleman is absolutely fucking phenomenal in this. And she's good. I've never thought she's a bad actress by any means, but I've never gone, oh, that's like a great actress. Yes. Holy shit. Like, and Rachel Rice as well is someone who's very hit and miss, but I think she nails this quite well. Emma Stone yeah. is Emma Stone. I Ra- think she works better in this because the whole package is so yeah. brilliant. Rachel Voice in her like shooting gallery outfit might be my... I think yeah. that should be everybody's sexuality. Yeah. yeah. Cool, love me. Um, I mean, Nicholas Holtz in this, so take that as you will. I don't mind him. I don't know why you've oh, got such, such a, a problem with him. <laughs> you can't say that. Come on now. But yeah, it's it's really like... If you're going in what one expecting a historical, accurately epical film, oh, you're not. don't watch I think it. that's probably what put it off seeing it because it was not in same marketed it as, but like, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a difficult to market film. Yeah. Have these people in getting these like awards and plaudits and it being about like you know, British royal family, people would be expecting something else. So I think I don't know how else they could have marketed it, but it's a comedy, but a very like darkish, surreal humor. I mean, like, there's the scenes of like abuse and violence, which are actually fucking tragic, really, but it's not about that either. Mm. So it was weird. Yeah, like I didn't know because you'd I'd not seen anything about it when we went to see it, and Rich was like, "Do you want to come see this film? It's about Queen Anne being a bit of a lesbian." And I was like, "All right, why not?" And then we went to see it, and I was like, "What? What? 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 I don't, what did I just watch?" Um, I think it went in at about like eleven-ish or something on That's my insane. list. I think it was very good, but I think it was a bit too what the fuck for me. Like, I was a bit just sort of like, I don't think I get it. <laughs> Movies for dummies, that's what I need. I'm sure I'll watch it at some point. But... I mean, I would recommend it, but I don't know if I could say that you'll definitely enjoy it because it is weird. But saying that, I still haven't watched The Lobster. The Lobster's great. The Lobster Lobster's great. more of a straightforward film with a very odd sensibility, but you... When you sum that up by going, you go to this hotel, and if you don't meet the love of your life, you get turned into an animal. Next, you're immediately aware it's weird. Yeah. You go in, <coughs> Queen Anne's got a girlfriend, and someone else tries to get involved. Makes you doesn't, doesn't think of Yeah, you don't think it's going to be as bizarre as it is. Which is probably why I didn't bother. Yeah. It's, uh, it's got a weird colour palette as well. I know that's an odd thing to say. Yeah, but, but more expected. It's style. It's yeah. A bit, yeah, it's got its own style, hasn't it? No, I liked it. It was good. I'm not going to. Argue. My number one. <laughs> yeah, movies for divas. <laughs> Spider Man Far From Home. <laughs> I love Spider Man. I love Tom Holland as Spider Man. I think he might actually be perfect and I never want him to stop doing it. Well, that will definitely happen at some point. Shut up. I think Jake Gyllenhaal was Gyllenhaal. a wonderful, wonderful uh, Mysterio. What, what a top notch. I prefer Rain Mysterio. He's my favourite Mysterio. <laughs> um, it was just uh, it's just perfect, I think. I, I don't think I have anything bad to say about this film. Can't I, be small, does it? But uh, that didn't even bother yeah. me. I think it's uh, Perfect Spider. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was average. Number 27. I didn't think it was as good as the last oh, Spider. Oh, it's much better than Homecoming. I think the se- for the sequence alone where Mysterio plays with Spider-Man's mind and he just has all these like de- like illusions happening, I was like, this is fucking blowing my tiny little Spider-Man mind. <laughs> you know, 12 years ago, it would have been like a fucking great superhero film, but I think now there are mm. other films that personally cater to me better. I think it's my, um, my love for Tom Holland that pushes this above Absolutely. Endgame for me. I mean, I love him in Endgame anyway. 
He's adorable. He I want to adopt him. He's barely in it. Yeah, though. but he's so cute. Like being all he's cute. Got some good lines. Yeah, he has got, got some good lines. lines. He's so cute. <laughs> I just. Tony Stark's dead. I'm actually quite excited as well for the next Spider-Man instalment because it'll be quite good to have him move a bit away from that sort of like... I mean, I don't have as much of a problem with him being fairly Iron Man heavy as a lot of other people do because I think it suits the movies, in the universe in the, like as a whole. But I think, yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes. I think the clangor of a cliffhanger at the end is... The clangor? This the clangers clanging, are in it. This clanging cliffhanger. Oh, the clangers appear. Uh, Chew the cigar, go and get me photos of Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> that's what they sound like, isn't it? No. What does a soup dragon sound like? Uh, I, can't, oh, I can't think of a soup dragon song. Because really. <laughs> um, I'm soup dragon. <laughs> Rolling for soup dragons. Like oh, Spider-Man. Dear. I like Spider-Man. I like Spider-Man a lot. But, I thought um, it was great. I was I came out of the cinema for that and I was like, well, that exceeded all the expectations and I love it. And then I took my mum to see it like two days later because I wanted to watch it again. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Thumbs up, Orange Cassidy style. Phil. My number one, which is my number two, is Booksmart. Yeah, it's good that. Booksmart, Booksmart, Booksmart. Booksmart. Everyone must have heard of a Booksmart by now. (laughs) Of a Booksmart. Of a Booksmart. (laughs) Is that Um, Ashworks in Evil Dead? Yes, Kmart, Get Smart, something Mart, Booksmart, the end. Good film. Uh, Yeah, so it's about... um, (laughs) Did we all go and see this together? I think so. Possibly. I feel like I watched it unlimited. Yeah, I think we did. Do okay. Uh So, Caitlin Diva and Beanie Feldstein. What What a weird name. Caitlin Hill's sister. Caitlin Hill's yeah. sister. And like... Don't like cop car. <laughs> I'm not good. Like one of my teeth... My thread seems to be coming of age and mm. females having dramas and stuff. <laughs> so, it's very... It's like... I think like Rich said with eighth grade... It's, but it's definitely got a lot more <laughs> comedic yeah. bits to it. And it's great. It is great. It's great. Two teenage girls doing things and having a night it's of got fun and debauchery. The, it's got and the best stuff. karaoke scene in anything ever. A great karaoke scene. <laughs> it reminds me a bit as well of that episode of 30 Rock where Liz Lemon goes back to high school for the reunion and thinks she was bullied because she was smart. And then they all go, no, you're an arsehole as well. But in this film, they go, oh, we're also arseholes to people, but we're the smart ones. Yeah. Like, we're, the, we're the nerdy ones. How can we? And then you go, oh, no, we're being a bit of a dick at times. You can be both. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I think um, Katie Endeavour's really good in most things that I've seen her in so far. She's seen something else soon. And I'm like, that looks good. And I forgot. So move on. <laughs> We'll move on to you, I guess. Your finale. Yeah. My number one film of the year is the Lulu Wang film of The Farewell, starring Aquafina, Zeke Matt, Diana Lean, and then a lot of names I can't pronounce. Um, it is... Is it Mandarin it's in? I want to say it's Mandarin stairs. I don't know. Don't ask me. I'm a um, <laughs> But yeah, it's about American... Well, Chinese-American girl played by Aquafina uh, goes finds out that a nan is dying of cancer. But as a per Chinese tradition, apparently, this is based on a true story, um, yep. you don't tell them. You just let them live their life. You pretend they're okay until the, you have to tell them. And she's against this because obviously the Western way is, it's their news to, to, to have, not, not everyone else's. So she goes back to China to see her nan. They pretend, they force their cousin to get married. So all the family have got an excuse to go over to the nan's house. And it goes from there. And it's 
fucking brilliant and it's it is. really like just I don't know how to explain or how to recommend it to people. Yeah, because it's a bit difficult. Because it is literally a girl going back to see a nan while a nan's terminal. But a, but a nan doesn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, I thought it was below average. Ooh. Well, it's you're my number 37. Yeah. I don't know. Rankings make no difference. My know, 65 is a film I really enjoyed. I just didn't get anything from it emotionally. It didn't hit me in the same place where, say, Marriage Story did. Or, oh, it's multiple. It's um, oh, it killed me. I think, I don't, you know, I, I kind of respect what the family are doing in a way. And I, no. I, I just think. Oh, I sort of do too. No. But the, the, I also the, don't. the conversations well. between the mother and the, the, the child and the grandmother, I was like, hmm, it's not. Yeah, because that's the point. The point of the film is we don't see that. We don't see that in other traditions. We don't know what other countries. Uh, it, get it, through. It just, it, and Aquafina in it is insanely good because in everything else she's in, she's just stupid. I thought she was great in um, Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, she's like the only thing I yeah, really like. She's stupid to in it, it and she's barely in it. Yeah. <laughs> like she, she's really over the top and you know has a weird haircut. She's yeah. like she's like slightly less Ken Jeong in that film. And, you know that's not necessarily a. Yeah. And this it's a full on serious film. There's quite a few jokes in it, but it's not like um, it's a comedy. Yeah, I think the thing I liked about it is that it was. I thought it was really good at showing family dynamics because, like, a lot of films will show families as either being like this perfect, delightful unit or this like dysfunctional nightmare. Whereas this family, there was like a couple of people who seemed like dickheads, yeah. and a couple of people who seemed quite nice, and a couple of people who agreed with what was they were yeah, doing. Yeah, because one cousin lives in Japan, so he's more. And some of them were a bit judgmental of her. Yeah being in America and, like, all that sort of stuff. I, th- I thought it was really interesting because it's not something, like, culturally, it's not something that I was aware of that happens. But I can I can understand the reasoning behind it. I and don't I, think I necessarily agree. I quite like agree, the fact unless but... I misread this somewhere, that the, the woman who played Little Nene is actually the real Little Nene. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. But I think, you know, like you, Rich, I like films where nothing really happens. But for me, this... Stuff happened, but yeah, I, I just didn't get the same emotional attachment. This is going to sound like the harshest thing I've ever said, but I do think the fact that she wasn't dead at the end of the movie was a bit of a like. Oh, they oh. they they, <laughs> they started making the movie assuming she'd have died while it was being made, and it was and still it, she's still yeah, alive. she's still alive. She wasn't quite as terminal as the doctors were perhaps thinking. No, but she is still ill. Yeah. Which I know it seems horrible because it's based on a true story, but you kind of like for that. I think for that emotional impact, it would have been a. But then I think again the the amount of I'm not going to describe the very last scene, but the very last scene had a bit of impact. Yeah, I thought it was great. It would it would have been my number five if you hadn't had it at number one. So oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. I do like some movies that don't have superheroes in them. <laughs> only only a small handful. <laughs> No, to be fair, I think films have been really good this year. Films have been good for years. The films are always fucking good. I've seen yeah. like 69 movies, I think, and probably only about six <laughs> of them are movies <laughs> I've genuinely not enjoyed. The rest have been like I can tell you. average to great. So, um, I watched 91 films this year, from this year. Which he's going to have a look at his list. Uh, you haven't even got it so you can see the stars. <laughs> well, now which ones I hated. <laughs> Four, eight... 12, 13, 14, 15, 19 out of the 91 I full-on hated. Fair dues. And then the rest, I got some enjoyment out of at some point. Yeah. And then films I liked start at like 48, 49, maybe, well, 50, really. 
Rambo, Last Blood. Rambo. Rambo! I hated that film. If we were just rating best scenes of the year, the Home Alone bit in Rambo is yep. one of the best scenes the of the year. The last half hour. Yep. No, I disagree. I do also want to give a shout out to the Paul Thomas Anderson directed 15 minute Tommy Hook music video anima. It's the best thing you'll see on Netflix this year, but it's not oh, really okay. a film, obviously. Fair enough. I want to give a middle finger to Cineworld for not having Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Yeah, yeah dickheads. Not that I care, I'd probably throw up if I saw it. <laughs> Got a habit of sicking during Kevin Smith movies. Kevin Smith in general. <laughs> um, well, that was our roundup of the year because we haven't got any comics to talk about. Well, so, uh, we've spoke for two we hours. We have spoken for two hours. Is there anything in particular that you guys are looking forward to next year? Parasite. Parasite. <laughs> Parasite. Um, Black Widow looks pretty decent. It does look all right. Wonder Woman 84 is on my... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of films I'll Ghosty say. Busters. I mean, I'll go and see No Time to Die. Anna Darmus in it again, you know, that'll do. <laughs> that'll uh, do, Pig, that'll do. But yeah, just the standards. Like, you don't know what little films you're going to love, obviously, until you watch Yeah, them. yeah. Well, that was 2019, in a nutshell. I mean, I'm looking forward to Rise of the Skywalker, but obviously that we'll see that this year. Yeah, yeah. so that's going to miss our... Uh, oh, Jojo Rabbit as well. Second oh, oh yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It looks good, that. Yeah. I'm I think I'm going to find it average, and I don't know why. Mm. Yeah. That's a weird attitude to have. <laughs> and and maybe one day the new mutants will come out. Nah. Maybe. That'll nah. be on Disney Plus. I feel like we oh, said I'm that last year. I'm looking forward to finally watching The Mandalorian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Definitely. What, got to find out what all these Baby Yoda memes are looking about. Looking forward to seeing the lady in the tram. No, you're the not. Live action remake. No, he isn't. You lie. I've loved all the live action remakes. You lie. I've not seen most of them, if I'm honest. I've not seen Beauty and the Beast. That's the only one I've not seen. That's the only one I have seen. <laughs> <laughs> Got a full set between you. Yeah, probably. Lion King's only one. No. I like Jungle Book. The rest have been shit. Lion King, not as bad as people make it. Fair enough. I don't think I care. I'll just watch the animated ones if I ever want to watch them again. Baby Yoda. I ain't seen that either. Baby Yoda. Floating in a pod, baby Yoda. Don't know what the fuck you're on about. <laughs> uh, no, me neither, because we haven't seen The Mandalorian at all. Uh, on that note, hey, guys, have a fucking brilliant Christmassy New Year time. Do that. Woo! Woo! Yay. Let's all look forward to Brexit in 2021. <laughs> Why would you bring that up at the end, you dickhead? Uh, I don't want to end on that note. It's like that year when Phil went, things can only get better, and then it got a whole lot worse. <laughs> can have, things can only get worse around Yeah, worse around <laughs> Brian Cox. Look, we love you guys. Have a fucking great Christmas. I think some of you are cunts. Enjoy, yeah. I hope you finished your wank in the bath, Kay. Um, <laughs> With a bath bomb up your butt. I like them. I don't know if you're having a wank in the bath. But if you are, I hope it's not with Kay. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, if you are, tweet us. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you are, don't tweet us, but just tweet, hashtag, wank in the back. <laughs> Getting trendy. <laughs> oh, dear me. What a great note to end on. Yep. Have a wank in the bath. Love you all. Bye. Other wanks are acceptable. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. To get in touch with me, the titular Stace, you can follow me on Twitter at Stacey's Parlour, send an email to stacysparlour at gmail.com or come and join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group. If you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or over at podchaser.com. If you like what you heard enough to want to give me some money, which would be quite spectacular actually, you can go to coffee.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour that's ko-fi.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. 
The music that you're hearing right now is by the amazing band Starbomb and you should really check them out on Spotify, iTunes or on their website. Thanks for stopping by and I'll see you next month. Mwah!